Those other podcasts try to sell you items you definitely do not need. And that's why you need to try Blue Chew Gum, because if you're not stiff, you're not living the life. We're only here to provide you with the best in podcasting entertainment. I'm already stiff from the chairs we sit in here at TMB Studios. Hey, can we get a new chair? No! TMB Studios. It's what you want. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Prepare yourself for the greatest wrestling podcast on the World Wide Web today. This is the Snowball Wrestling Network. Introducing your host of SWN. Give it up for the one, the only, Caleb Stovall! What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stovall. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. I am back here with another edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network SWN podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this lovely evening uh, and all that good jazz. Uh, thank you for checking out the season opener uh, that, that we had last week. And uh, thank you all for checking out the format as well uh, and having some, I think, good feedback uh, from it so far. So so that's really cool. Uh, this week, though, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Chris Dickens is not here with me, but I do have a very special guest. He's been on here before, and he loves to stir up controversy as much as the next one. He is the, the man. He is from Viral Pro Wrestling. Mr. James Caleb Kitchens. Yeah, that, that's right. Nobody cares about this season finale that you got going on. Nobody cares about this season opener. Nobody cares about any of that. What people care about, Caleb, is that I am here. Uh, I said I was going to come on here and gloat, and it's been a long couple of months since I made that promise. But here I am. I am the leader of the unknown. I am the volatile one. I am James Caleb Kitchens, and I am here to gloat. And Well, you know, and, and, and I got to hand it to you. You have a lot to gloat about. You hold your faction right now. I guess are we calling it a faction or whatnot. But, but this group of individuals who I will say, uh, this is probably some of the most impressive talent I've ever seen assembled in, in, in one place, and they hold all of the gold. You've got the world champion, Darius Lockhart. You've got the VPW Outbreak champion, uh, Owen Knight. And then you've got the tag champs, Bonko Loco and Joey Osborne, and then the dream girl, Ellie. You know, what I think is interesting is that you called the Viral Pro Wrestling Championship the World ta- Championship. And that's the irony because right now, as we speak, Darius Lockhart is overseas in the United Kingdom. And he is uh, defending that championship. Maybe not at this exact moment because uh, the time difference. But um, he is on an yeah. <laughs> overseas tour and he does have the Viral Pro Wrestling Championship in tow. And he is a defending, fighting, reigning champion. And, and I, I'm sure you have uh, a lot to say, too, about uh, Joshua Hancock. Is, am I not mistaken? I mean, I might have some things to say about Josh on this. Uh, you know, the thing about that is, you know, I said what I needed to say uh, at Infection 4 at, at, at Viral Pro Wrestling's big anniversary, which if people listen to this program, they know all about what happened there. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. 
Uh, well, you know what? We're going to get into it. And we're also going to talk about Darius uh, defending that title, uh, like you said, uh, across the world. We're, we're going to talk about that. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. We have James Caleb Kitchens here. So let's talk about some pro. That's right. That's right. It's our favorite subject uh, in the world and everything like that, obviously. And uh, and I, I just I wanted to start it off with because, you know, right now uh, the NXT, they just launched on Wednesday nights, two hours live. The first show happened. It happened for Full Sail uh, and everything like that. And it's not October yet. But but James, I, I, I got to ask you this, like. I feel like October might be one of the biggest months in professional wrestling history. Uh, that's entirely possible. I mean, there's a lot of big things going on. I, I think it's diff- definitely the biggest October in uh, in wrestling since probably the uh, DDP versus Goldberg Halloween Havoc. Ooh, yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and by the way, that match, is that will be like, the that will be the one and only good Goldberg match, right? Oh, it's it's definitely Goldberg's best match. Um, uh, he his match with uh, Shawn Michaels on Raw wasn't that bad, but if if one of your only three matches that you've ever had that was good was against Shawn Michaels, it doesn't count, right? Because Shawn Michaels can literally have a good match with anyone. This is very true. He could have a he could entertain us with a broom out there uh, and everything like that. Exactly. But there's there's so much going on though but we've got but we had the launch of NXT and I wanted to get your thoughts on this you know because everyone is uh you know making their predictions you know oh it's now the Wednesday night wars what's your take on all of it it's definitely the Wednesday night wars and and you know WWE Vincent Man Triple H they're not dumb right they've fought this war before yes you know? um so, you know, of course, they came out with their Wednesday night program first to make it seem like they were the first people to the market. They were the first ones in the television slot. And of so course. it's not a situation where, you know, you have uh, AEW coming out on the on the program on Wednesday nights and then WWE following suit or them debuting on the same night. It's, a, right. you know, I'm going to get used to watching NXT here over the next few weeks. And then now I'm going to have to choose to veer away from that and watch AEW live. Yeah. Or or I'm going to, you know, watch NXT. Um I do think that they um they had a, a somewhat rocky uh launch though because I think what happened is uh you know, they got a lot of people in that first hour on USA and right. then a ton of people they weren't expecting poured over to the network to watch the second hour and the network, you know, didn't handle it very well. There's been a lot of reports of uh, the network having a lot of problems during that broadcast. So wait a minute, I, and and I didn't know this. Did they did they broadcast another hour on the WWE network? Yeah, so there was an hour on USA, and the second hour is on the network. Oh, it is. Yeah, so, so, so it's, it's a, not it's a full two, hour. two hours on USA. Right, it's an hour on USA. Well, so so the. I believe this time, though, they did two full hours on USA. Right. Uh, and then eventually, though, the second hour is going to be exclusive to the network. That's so confusing. Right. Well, because <laughs> I, I don't think they could confusing. get a solid two hours on USA. 
Wow. And and AEW is going to be a solid two hours. Here's here's my thing with with this launch of NXT on USA Network, whether it's an hour or whether it's two hours every single week. I thought it was two hours every single week, but okay. Uh, here, here's, so here's I'm verifying what, it here. So it looks like, so it looks like, yeah, so it's only our, yeah, it's only airing the first hour on USA. And then uh, the second hour is on uh, the network. But then, begin- so I had it backwards. So the first two episodes are, are going to be one hour on USA, one hour on the network. And then mm. start- starting on October 2nd, <laughs> uh, then it's going to be a full two hours on USA. So I had it backwards there. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> and, and the irony here is that the reason they couldn't get that second hour um, on USA is because um, the show Suits is actually wrapping up, and it's like one of USA's biggest shows. Uh, but their last episode ever is uh, is in two weeks, so that's what they were waiting on is to, to clear that out. But they still wanted to jump the gun and get out ahead of AEW. Well, well yeah, well, obviously. We, I mean, we could see that move right there, but here's... Here's what I also want to ask WWE. Did you think about when the uh, NHL launches up and they have the NHL playoffs and they literally play like on the USA Network? Like when that happens on Tuesday's night. Well, Tuesday nights it won't be affected, but Wednesday nights it's going to be affected. Right. And I mean, you know, you run that risk with like major sporting events like that uh, of being preempted. Um, I mean, you know that all too well. Even locally, we've run into that where local uh, sporting events have, uh, you know, uh, preempted toxic uh, on yeah. Fox 54. So, I mean, that's that's the risk that you run if you're going yep. against a major sporting event, because I guarantee you that contract with the NHL is big money. Oh, absolutely. Because it's not it's not just with. Uh, the USA Network is with NBC Universal, so therefore, like NBC's paying big money, you know, and like, yeah, obviously, like USA is a part of the NBC like Universal family, but I feel like it's you know kind of like it's it's its own section still. Y- you get what I'm saying, right? And and I mean, who do you think's got the bigger sponsorship money, uh, Mountain Dew or all the sponsors that the NHL has? Uh, yeah, very much. So the NHL has sponsors. Uh, for days but here's another thing that i that i think wwe is going to run into that i don't think that they're necessarily you know thinking about is is this is just way too much fucking content it was already uh, yeah i was about to say like like you've got three hours every monday night on raw so you're so so now you're expected to follow that then you've got two hours for SmackDown, you know, whether it's going to be Tuesday or, you know, now it's going to be Fridays on Fox. You've got two hours. So now you're expected to follow all that. Now you're expected to follow another two hour show with, you know, a completely different brand. I mean, it's still WWE, but it's it's still it's a different brand. So it's like it's like fans are going to go, wait a minute. I can only follow so much. I can barely keep up with Game of Thrones or something like that. What, you know, what makes you think I can keep up with all this? Right. I mean, and this is you saying this. And, and as I've said before, you're the person that watches more wrestling than anybody I know. And I can barely keep up with it sometimes. I really can't. Right. 
And you have somebody like me. I mean, you know, I have tuned out of the WWE main product for a long time. I mean, I watched SummerSlam, uh, but that was the first. You time always I'd watched watch the Big Four, right? Right. Uh, SummerSlam was the first time I'd watched the main product since WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and uh, I believe Styles and Ricochet was on that, and that was like one of the main reasons I wanted to go to it. Um, yeah. Or, or to, to watch it rather. Yeah. I went to a watch party with that, so it, so that was pretty cool. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I already can't keep up with the three to five hours of just the main product, right? Um, and, and you know, I I just don't know. I I don't know how somebody's expected to watch seven hours of WWE every week, e- even if two of those hours are NXT. And I worry about the direction of NXT, uh, you know, when they start to add that co- that much content. Oh, and, and especially when it becomes a ratings drive then, because right now it's like Vince doesn't care, but when he when, you know when they get into that ratings war, he's going to come in there and be like, nope, I'm taking over now. NXT will be fine as long as there's not a single week where AEW passes them in the ratings. The moment that AEW passes them in the ratings even one time, Vince McMahon's going to come in there and he's going to take full control. What do you think? Well, I, I and I agree with that. Do you think that they will do it on the on the opening night that they launch? Because I think that they will. Because here's here's the thing that AEW has over WWE right now is they have less content. They have actually more anticipation for theirs because people don't see them every single week. Right, right now, and the the less is more advantage is what they have going on. Absolutely. Uh, so AEW has these big events every month or every other month, and they feel like these big events because you don't see them all the time. And I really do hope that you know AEW when they come out that Chris Jericho is not wrestling every week. I, um, I agree. I I don't want any of their the big. I I don't even want to see the Young Bucks on there wrestling every week um, for a lot of reasons. Number one, you're talking about the longevity of all of these guys' careers. Right, right. And number two, you're talking about it being a special thing. If the if the young bucks are going to wrestle every week, then they're going to run out of tag teams that are on their level to wrestle against. Right. I and, and here's here's how I kind of compare it, which is, you know, where I see where the WWE is faulting right now. Right. Back in the Attitude Era, who was who? What was the one thing that you tuned in to see? During the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. It's like it's like in you know Game of Thrones or True Blood or, or, or one of those shows, right? You still like there may be a lot going on, but there is that one story that everyone is interested in, right? You right. know, for True Blood, it was you know Bill and Sookie. For for Game of Thrones, um, you, you know more about that than I do, right? The, the, yeah, I mean, the, it was it would be all a Game of Thrones, pretty much. But but right. Tyrion Tyrion would be the person that you know people have to tune in to see what he's going to do. So it, that's the comparison there. Yeah, pretty much. Like 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 like. There's always that one thing. So there's always that one thing that people want to, and it's easy to follow. Austin versus McMahon was an easy story to follow. Now you've right. got you know with all of the programming that they have. There's this storyline, there's this storyline, there's that storyline, there's this storyline. Like, I can't tell if the women's division is the main story, 
if Roman Reigns' story is, uh, I'm sorry for just for you, right? And uh, <laughs> and it gets uh, me every time. It pops me every time. I know, right? Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, but I can't tell if his story is what you you get. What I'm saying, like it, it's too much. There's too like every time I see one of these four hour pay per views from them, and every single one of their things is 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 four hours. I'm sitting there going, what is the main story? Like, what is, like, when people say, you know, oh, is this person a draw? With WWE, it's like, well, who is, who really is the main draw? You know? Well, and see, I feel that way, too. Um, You know, I didn't stay for all of SummerSlam. I didn't stay for all of WrestleMania. Uh, and, And the thing about it to me is everything now in WWE, to me, it feels like filler. It doesn't feel like anything matters because none of the characters have any sort of growth or progression or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you look, you talk about the Attitude Era, you could chart the the growth of a lot of those main characters, and you also had a lot of situations where you would have somebody like a mid card guy like Rhino, and he would interact with the Rock, or uh, you know it. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a scenario now with like it is with Reigns where you just automatically know that Roman Reigns is going to destroy them, right? Right. Everybody was built up to Poor be Strowman. something. Exactly. Um, everybody was built up to be something. Uh, you right. would have The Rock in these little side programs with like Tajiri and stuff like that. And, and you right. had, I, I mean, and there's not a ton of character growth that you're going to see on a wrestling program, right? I mean, this is not an evening drama, but this is literally like... Roman Reigns and um, Daniel Bryan and you know uh, Luke Harper and all these other people—they're literally—it's like they're just existing in a vacuum. Like their character, it's like Groundhog Day. Like their character just resets every day. Like what happened last week didn't happen. <laughs> right. You know? it, yes. Yes. It's, it's just all filler. I agree. And, and it doesn't have that sort of interconnected feel like the the broadcast used to and 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 that's one of the things i wanted to bring up and ask you uh you know on the podcast tonight is what do you think that wwe has to do to break that feeling for people i think see for me personally i remember when i was watching as a kid right now, for kids, it might still be this way. I, you know, I can't really tell you what the mind of a child thinks, you know, is, especially in this day and age. But for me personally, I remember when I watched wrestling, and it was like watching, you know, uh, uh, a Falcons game or a Georgia game. It's like every play, you, 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 when I watch the Falcons, right, I'm, I'm a huge Falcons fan. So every play that they do matters to me. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, God, is he going to throw an interception? Oh, God, what, you know, what's going to happen on this? Nowadays, when you watch, like, one of the WWE things, it's like, it's like oh, well, I already know what's going to happen and, and, and everything like that. And, like, 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 like there's, not, there's not that anticipation anymore. And I think if, like, if, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, if they're going to turn things around like that, I would say, like, one of the things that they have to do is, first, they have to establish, like, who are we supposed to follow? What exactly is the main event? What exactly is the main title? 
you know, is the universal title bigger than the WWE title now, which I think is ludicrous uh, in and of itself. And um, I think just for one, I would just like to see a good storyline, like just just a good television in, in, in general, because a, a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing is just not good television. You know, it's not good wrestling. It's just not good television, in my opinion. Right. I mean, it's just it, it's all just sort of it's it's almost like they have a random storyline generator that they right. just plug names into and it just like spits out storylines for them. It, it, it almost it's like this past Monday um, I saw like they had Maria Carnellis come out and it was almost like I was watching fucking Maury for a minute. Like <laughs> like it was like it was like, who is the father of of, of this child? And it's like, and she comes out and she says, Rusev is the father. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, and I'm just like, so you mean to tell me that with everyone who is a writer in WWE, you know, I don't, I don't actually know how many writers that they have or whatnot, but everyone who is a writer, and we were going over the show, and they saw this segment, Someone actually looked at this and said, yep, that's a good idea. And, and you know, that also just kind of goes to show, like, you know, it, it's the age-old saying, right, that Vincent Mann hates wrestling. He he always wishes he had taken over some sort of Hollywood-type product. He hates the fact that, like, the he hates that the media and, like, Hollywood and stuff like that look at his pro wrestling product and, and look down right. on it, right? This isn't, you know, this isn't the same thing we do. It's on a a uh, much lesser level, you know, but the, I'm not in the wrestling that, business. I'm in the entertainment business. Right. Exactly. And the irony of this is, you know, people always said that wrestling was just, you know, a soap opera for men, but that's what he's really turned it into because you can stop watching the product. You can pick it back up six months later and it's like, you never left. Exactly. And it's like, okay, well now who's, who's a bad guy. Who's a face. Who's the, you know, who's like, who's a shade of gray. And and here's the thing, I can't take away from some of the stuff that they are doing good, such as uh, the Firefly Funhouse. That thing is absolutely brilliant. That might, that's probably the best thing that they've got going on. And then of course NXT's product is has been awesome almost since day one. You know, the, NXT has cringeworthy moments, but they mostly happen like on the tape shows, and the and the takeovers have been. You know, extra- you see, I, I, I want to go back to a takeover real quick, actually. Um, the, the takeover New Orleans, right? In, in my opinion, that was what WrestleMania should have been. You didn't know what was going to happen. There was this anticipation of, oh, is Aleister Black actually going to win the matchup? Are they going to give it to, you know, is Killian... Uh, no, I'm sorry, um, Lars Sullivan, is, is, is he going to win? Yeah, uh, is... Um, uh, Gargano and Champa. For me personally, I was just like, that's one of the best wrestling storylines I've seen from WWE in years. It was and absolutely like, incredible. And and but here's the thing, it's simple. It's a it simple, simple structure. It is, but simple. it works. It's, it's very simple. And, when and that's you go the to, thing with these wrestling storylines when you start to complicate them. Exactly. Uh, then you you know and. and and I don't mean to toot my own horn or, 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 you know, bring up indie stuff in the, uh, in the, you know, WWE section of this. But if you look at the current 
you know, situation with uh, uh, Darius Lockhart, Sean Legacy. Uh, it, that's a that's a simple thing people understand. They were friends. They were buddies. Uh, he allegedly uh, turned his back on him, and people get it. <laughs> that, that's debatable, but yes, uh, yeah, I I, I I agree. It it's a simple formula. It creates a simple anticipation, and 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 like I swear, like, but when you go up to the main roster, right? When you go up to the main roster, it's like. This person is friends with this person, but doesn't like this person. Uh, these two hate each other for what knows reason. Or and and one of the things I hated the most, right, about some of the female things, and this is where I get the PG angst ag- against it all, which is when you've got storylines such as, "I want to fight you because you hurt my feelings. You right. bullied me. You bullied me." I'm I'm sitting there going, "We're." We're still fighting with the, like, like this is like, regardless of what you want to say, wrestling is or isn't, it's still a contact thing. And we're, we're fighting out there. Why does it matter if you say I'm fat or something like that? Okay. I'll come out there and just kill you real quick. There you go. Who's fat now? <laughs> like it's, it's, right. it's I mean, children it, stuff. I mean, can you imagine uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out uh, to beat up The Rock because The Rock said he was fat, like or something like that. I mean, I get right. it, man. I, you know, I get that in this day and age, they wanna they wanna tell these little like morality stories and and have the you know you know maybe they're trying to address the concept of like body shaming or something like that. I get that to an extent, but at the same time, right? Is this the right arena? Is this the right vehicle for this story? And mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is just no. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, they forget the fact. It's like the match is an afterthought. Right. It's like it's like we're gonna have a wrestling match, and you want to win, and I want to win, and only one of us can. That's like the basic wrestling storyline that exists. And if you throw that out the window, then you don't have anything. I don't care what you come up with. Exactly, and 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 that was that was something I was gonna get was was that that to me is should be the concept of anything. It's just look, you want to win and I want to win. Why do I want to win? Well, because if I win, that gets me closer to a title shot, you know, kind of thing. If you want to make the title a per like, I don't necessarily think that the title has to be a personal issue. I think that it I think that sometimes all you need is just hey let's take the two like especially when you get for WrestleMania. If you look at WrestleMania, right? WrestleMania 17, uh, you know, right. probably one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Um Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Those guys really going into the matchup did not have a personal issue. It and it really is just <laughs> until the I'm end the of the best. match. Well, yeah, obviously until the end of the match. But I'm I'm saying going into the match, hyping the matchup, getting getting people to buy that kind of money for WrestleMania back in the day. Which I mean right. they still do with WrestleMania, but it's like those tickets are sold out in advance. You know, right. like you could you could put you could put, you know, like two midgets as 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 the uh as the main event and it would and it would be a sellout because it's WrestleMania. They did the same thing with uh, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar at 19. 
they had very little storyline going into that other than I want to beat you, I want to be the best. And, the, and that's all it had to be. Right. The real rivalry between the two of them didn't start until later. Exactly. Uh, and which is fine if you want to continue it or, you know, put, put this and that. And that's another thing. I watched uh, recently on the WWE Network, I watched uh, Greatest Rivalries. And I'm like, God, that's one of the things we don't have in today's day and age of wrestling is we don't have those like classic like steamboat, you know, Ric Flair type rivalries. We don't have, you know, Austin and Rock rivalries, Uh, you know, Uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Nigel McGuinness. Oh my God! As, 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 as we're going to talk about later tonight, but right? You, I mean, you see, like, like they had a whole DVD, right? Right, so, exactly. Uh, you know, so did um, Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Exactly. And 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 I think I think that's one of the things. Like like WWE, give me a good rivalry, and you know, obviously, obviously, you could put uh, Champa and Gargano probably. At top of the list there for wwe at least right in this absolutely day uh you legendary. know legendary absolutely legendary exactly and, you know you could put uh sasha banks and uh charlotte up there those two had amazing chemistry together i think though the problem that i have with those is they're rushed way too quickly it's like the minute something gets hot right hey let's put them on raw like like they gave Sasha Banks the title on Raw, and I sat there going, why didn't y'all give it to her at the pay-per-view? Right. Well, the, the, that's the other thing, too. That, that goes back to the whole fact that they have three hours to fill every Monday and two hours every Tuesday. Is True. These, these feuds can't last that long because so much of the content has to happen on the weekly show. And the weekly show is really just there to build up to the pay-per-view. And by the time you get to the pay-per-view, you've already seen like four hours of this storyline. Mm-hmm. And so you're, t- so you're tired of it. And then you get um, to the pay-per-view and you realize, oh shit, here's four hours more of it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that really, um, that I always think back to on this is from 2003, uh, the uh, Kane and Shane McMahon feud right after uh, Kane took the mask off. That was a really good rivalry. I tuned in every week for that. I, I yeah. was sitting there waiting for that segment to see what they were going to do next, what was going to happen next with them. I was I like that was the thing that I tuned in to watch. There was right. other great things going on at that point in time, but that in particular is what kept me watching the whole show to see what they were going to do. Yes, that was an that was an amazing rivalry, and for all of the flack, you know, Shane McMahon gets. Hey, let's be honest: when when you put him out there in front of that camera, he can deliver. He can, he can deliver. I mean, it's oversaturated now, but I mean, everything that they Obviously. do is oversaturated now. Of course, but that's be, you know, and and that was see. Here was the thing too: when you had that rivalry, I'll say this. You actually, they had a separation between SmackDown and Raw. You didn't see Raw uh, people on SmackDown, and you didn't see SmackDown people on uh, Raw. So, you know, like, I never knew what Edge was doing, to be quite honest. I didn't watch SmackDown at the times. It was on Friday nights, you know. (laughs) Who stays home on a Friday night like that? 
Right. Which is what? Yeah, I mean. We, or go ahead. You're right, I, and and the shows were separate, and it was a lot easier for them to have like kind of cool storylines and everything like that. And those shows didn't cross over hardly at all. And so that when they did, it was a big event. It was a big thing. Yeah. And they actually were able to have that SmackDown versus Raw. And it kind of felt like, whoa, hmm, interesting, you know? And, and then it became a, we're going to do this all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's uh, I don't know, and 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 you know we we could go on uh, for days uh, about that, but I will tell you what I am excited for. Uh, I am very much excited for AEW, and it was announced uh, as we are recording this. I, we are recording this on a Thursday, so it was announced today on Thursday that their new show is going to be called Dynamite, Wednesday Night Dynamite. I think, actually, it might just be called Dynamite. That sounds a lot familiar to, to us. another certain show that was on uh, TNT, does it not? It does sound a lot like Nitro. It's another name <laughs> of uh, Explosive Compound. Uh, and, you know, I, they just said Dynamite on the graphic, but damn it if we're not going to call it Wednesday Night Dynamite, if, okay. whether they do or not. Of course, <laughs> I'm gonna call it Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, but I am very yeah, yeah, much damn right. Everybody's gonna. Yes, I, I agree. I agree completely. But I am very much excited uh, for AEW on Wednesday nights live. Um, before we get into that, have you had a chance to see All Out? I definitely did uh, have a chance to watch All Out. I thought it was fantastic. Yes. Um, I dare say it may have been the best show yet. Um, Ooh, it's, even it's better that, than uh, Double, or or Double or Nothing for me. I, I it's close, man, because I really liked Double or Nothing from a perspective of how well it was put together. I thought Double or Nothing felt like a very cohesive show more than their events typically do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're right there, right up there for me because. You know, the main event, especially to me, I think, uh, carries that a long way because that main event had a lot to deliver after all the matches that came. Um, you know, uh, the, if you look at the all out card, everything that they had to follow in that main mm-hmm. event and they still delivered, that's hard to do. And they pulled it off. So, I mean, they're neck and neck for me. Right. Uh, what did you think? I mean, out of the two, if, if you had to pick one. Ooh, I would have to go with all out uh, over it because um, just because of, you know, the anticipation going into the event, the event legit felt like I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, and, and, and again, right. it's something that I feel WWE is, is very much lacking. It's like, what is going to happen? Who is going to come over? Who's going to show up? You know, is anybody going to show up? What are we, you know, how much violence are we going to see? Are we going to see any, you know, that kind of stuff? Um, I, well, I love about that. I, I like that atmosphere. I like the can anything happen atmosphere, but you can only ride off of that for so long. Right. I, I you can't have that forever. Uh, I and that's, that's one of the things that maybe disappointed me about the show. And this was out of their control. So I don't blame AEW for it. 
But the Kenny Omega and Pac match, it went from a match that I think meant more than anything on the show from a storyline perspective to mm-hmm. uh, a match that was just a match because they had to take Moxley out. And that's not their fault. Yeah, no, it, it, it's not. But it definitely it, it left for, you know, hey, we're, we're going to have this match again, you know, kind of thing with an even bigger uh, storyline. Um, I'm really looking forward, though, to that Moxley versus Omega, because if you talk, first of all, if if you've heard Moxley's interviews, not only, you know, as Moxley, but even as Dean Ambrose uh, at times, you know, and, and then you hear Kenny Omega and, and you hear their ideas for matches. Those are those are like two of the most creative minds I've ever heard, you know, to, to lay out a wrestling match with. So then think of, like, you take both of them, and now you're going to combine them. Like, so now it's just like, right. dear God, what what could these guys come up with kind of thing? Right. And and I, I love that. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's going to be uh, great. The thing, though, that I loved about All Out more than anything was the, was the fact that they hyped the shit out of that world title match. The AEW World Title, which right, made and it that felt title. so important. Exactly. I, I and then he it, lost it <laughs> with a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. That's going to be a thing for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I hope he runs with that. Oh, he's dude. I think you've even said it before that you think Jericho might be the greatest of all time. Like he might truly be the goat. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it purely from an in-ring entertainment standpoint, like, can you go out there and deliver between the ropes? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the greatest performer of all time is is Shawn Michaels. I don't think it, yeah. I don't think it's debatable. Um, and, but then you could take it and look at you know, there's all these different aspects. Like you can look at it from a psychology perspective, and then the greatest might be Jake Roberts, or it might be Ric Flair, or somebody along those lines. You can look at it from, uh, you know, a longevity standpoint. You know, how how long can somebody continue to carry a main event match? And then, in that point, uh, you even have to consider. I hate to say this, but you have to consider John Cena for that. You have to consider Triple H for that. Um, but if you look at the whole package, I'm talking about the promo, the ring skills, the character, the storytelling. I think it's Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. The man's been relevant for 30 years. This is very, and he's been able to reinvent himself. He's right. never been the same. Right. He's 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 Jericho, right. but it's an evolved Jericho. Like there's not. I think that's a lot of the times. What the problem is, is for a lot of, yeah, and and I hate to refer to them as characters, but, you know, like, like wrestlers and and, and everything like that. It's, you know, after a certain while, it's like that gimmick wears thin, you know, and, and, and not even that, like, like some people will do this complete 180 change and it's like, wait a minute, we were trying to get used to you as this. Now we got to get used to you as this. It's like, that's too much of a jump. Right. It, it doesn't work for everyone. It exactly. definitely doesn't work for everyone. Unless you're uh, Bray you know, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, I mean you, look at, uh, you look at Cena, and, and it didn't work for him, even though they continued to run with it anyway. 
Um, and True. then, you know, it, it, and I hate to take every single opportunity that I can to shit on Roman Reigns, but can you possibly imagine that character evolving? Yeah. Can you imagine that character evolving in any way, shape, or form? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I, I can't. I don't even know what his character is. That that that's the right. problem. I mean, he no comes, one has told he comes me out. Ro- Go ahead. He's 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 a guy in a in a freaking near bulletproof vest selling chops through it. That's what he is. Uh, right. And you know, it's just it's just, and that's ridiculous. By the way, the most ridiculous thing in professional wrestling is the Roman Reigns vest, where he's supposed to be this mega tough guy, and he's got on this flak vest, and people are like chopping him, and it's very clear that he's not affected, but he's selling the chops. That gets on my freaking nerves to no extent. <laughs> I, I I I agree. I agree. And 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 you know, going back to what you said or to what you asked me earlier, what what do I think WWE can do? Th- that's one thing. Is there are some characters that they have that you could literally write a like you could probably write a whole freaking book on their character. And you could have television maybe for for six months, and they don't use those characters, such as Finn Balor. All right, Finn Balor to me has one of the most like coolest characters you could think of. I mean, he turns into a demon for God's sakes, you know. And like I'm sitting there going, so we're right. WWE, and we're all about entertainment. Here's here's an entertaining character, and the guy can go in the ring. It's like where it's like right. it's like what are you missing? But instead, you would rather have Balor Club or Balor is for everybody. And I'm sitting there going, oh, like and and you know he comes out and smiles. So you know, there's a character example. Um, you know, I I used to think Sanity, Sanity had the perfect faction that they could have done anything. I mean, they did in NXT. You know, Nakamura. In my, in my opinion, Nakamura has this type of character where it's just like, dude, he practically comes with the storyline to his character and you still can't figure out how to use him. You get what I'm right. like? Like it's it's that kind of stuff, which is where I think AEW is doing great right now from what you know, from then they don't have much storylines to do which you know that that'll happen when they go two hours live every single week we'll get more and more storylines to follow but you know that that that, that's that's one of my main problems with wwe but that's why i can't wait for aew because i'm very much looking forward to see what happens with the title who's going to be next in line for it and then on the launch of it there's also going to be a tag team tournament. So right off the bat, they're putting tag team wrestling as a focal point, which I know makes you and I as wrestling fans very happy, does it not? Right, because the tag division, I mean, the tag belts at WWE, you couldn't get $5 for them at a pawn shop. They're, <laughs> they're not worth anything. Uh, I don't they're, even they're know who are tag teams irrelevant. in WWE anymore. At times, it, it's literally scenario where it's okay. So who's going to carry these around this week? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. I, I wrestled on a show years ago where the promoter used to kind of do something like that, and literally 
Um, I showed up there with, with my tag partner um, at the time. I think you know him uh, well, the Ace of Professional Wrestling. And the uh, uh, yes, I know that name very us, well. He hands us the, the tag team titles, and he says, you guys are the champions tonight. You're going against, I don't remember who it was, such and such. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and and that's, really, that's literally what WWE's tag titles are like right now. It just doesn't matter. Like They could probably switch them up in the middle of the, you know, like they could just switch it up week over week and people, it wouldn't be, you know, nobody would know. And, and, and here's a, a thing too, you know, I, I, I know we're, we're kind of jumping back and forth between AEW and WWE here, but, but that's cool. You know, um, the, the thing that I wanted to bring up again is why haven't I seen any more goddamn tournaments on WWE? You would think that since you have a four hour thing, like, Okay, so like, you know, that 24-7 belt, which I think is the stupidest thing, obviously. But, but let's just say, you know, they were introducing a belt like that. I'm sitting there going, you have all of this television time. Why wouldn't you put a tournament on? Right. I mean, and especially, you know, the, the Cruiserweight Classic was one of the biggest things that they ever did. And it got them a ton of attention, and everyone loved it, and they've never done it again. Exactly. They haven't. And one, they got a ton of talent out there. 205 Live and the Cruiserweight title doesn't mean jack shit right now. <laughs> Let's just Well, honest. they're doing away with 205, right? Uh, well, okay, so they're doing away with 205 Live, the program, but the Cruiserweight title is still going to be there. They're just going to be a part of NXT. You know, I have to say that I am glad. One thing I am very glad of was to see that they did move Cedric away from that and that, you know, they, they gave him the title shot uh, with AJ. Uh, that, that in particular made me very happy. So I really hope they continue to see his worth. And they had probably a recreate of one of the greatest matches in PWX history. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was a in the that same was a, state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Cedric in his hometown. I, if he would have won, I mean, the roof probably would have come off of that place. Uh, well, it's WWE. We can't send them home that happy. Right. I was. <laughs> I was right. Exactly. Yeah. I was really happy to see Cedric get that shot, though. That was incredible. Yeah, I, and and again, I think you know. Again, I go back to you know when we were talking about. Uh, Charlotte versus Sasha, right? Sasha won the title. In fact, Bailey. I remember this Bailey, who hadn't won the main woman's uh, roster title yet. Um, she ends up winning at WrestleMania, right? She ends up defending it, but she won it on a Raw like a month before that. And I sat there going, "So think of how much more that would have meant if we had waited till WrestleMania." To put that title on her. Think of how much more that would have meant. At least right. in everyone. At least in the fans eyes. Right. Yeah I mean. Uh, you know it, it's the little nuances like that. That, that WWE kind of misses. And I hope AEW hits that. I mean you know. You, you talked about more of the storylines. I really hope that on their weekly program. They do take a lot of that really good content that we've been seeing from, you know, being the elite and stuff like that and yes. incorporate that into the program. Which I mean, it, it, it seems like they're already doing that. If, you know, if, if you've seen like all of their specials, pretty much there's always a segment of like being the elite that's done live like that, you know? 
Right. I mean, it, you know, like, for example, Sean Spears has been given more to do than Ty Dillinger ever had to do in his entire run. Oh, and, 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 and I was, I was going to say that. I, I mentioned that last week on, on the program. I said, you know, he, he is completely erasing that perfect 10. He's just like, nope, that, that's not who this is. Like this, like this, Sean, like, like this perfect 10, this perfect 10 will kill you. Like yeah. He's got I mean, that kind of look. I mean, I hope he, I really hope that he doesn't completely drop that concept because it's so over and it, it's amazing. Uh, and everyone loves it. But, you know, I also can see him wanting to kind of distance himself from it too. Um, and then, you know, we don't know, maybe there's, maybe WWE has some kind of copyright type shit on it. You know, we don't really know. Oh, I'm sure they do. It's WWE. They don't do anything without copyright. <laughs> yes. They'll copyright your damn name and make you take them to court to get it back. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate warrior had to change his name to warrior in order for him to be known as warrior. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think you guys talked about this on the premiere. If you did, then I missed it. But what do you think about Ric Flair suing WWE over their uh, Becky Lynch's use of the man? When I heard about that, my question really before any of that was, was okay, what did WWE do to piss Ric Flair off like right. that? Right. Because they must have done something to him that just made him go over the edge like that. Cause he's never gone against WWE like that. Right. And I want to know too, like wh- what's the basis he has for the case? Like, does he have some kind of trademark or copyright on that? Cause that phrase is very generic to even say, allow a trademark or anything on it. I was about to say like, like that phrase has been used for years. We've even said like his catch, like to be the man, you got to beat the man. You know, like, right. so I, I don't know, like, like for me personally, the question I was asking was what did WWE do to piss him off that made him want to sue them like that? Right. Um, we definitely don't have the whole story. Exactly. Oh, I, and, and we're going to, I don't know if we'll ever have the full story. I don't know if it will become of anything. You know, I, I, I don't know, but the one thing I can say though is, is I don't, <laughs> He doesn't really have a case, in my opinion, because she's not, you know, she's not, you know, going around like like she's saying she's the man, you know, like she's I'm the man. And I I don't think it's in the same way that Flair meant it, you know, right. Or I I don't know, I could be wrong. I just I don't know. I agree. That's that's that that's my opinion is the fact of, you know, like. I mean, if if you really want me to be honest, like I'm surprised then Ric Flair doesn't go and um, sue what's his face that was that summer quack. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Paulie. Yeah, Paulie. Like uh, so. Actually, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, Ric Flair uh, did, in fact, legally sell him the gimmick. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. There's like pictures of them hanging out together and all, all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> well, then if anyone should be suing is Paulie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> obvious the, the fact of 
Flair's pissed about something that WWE did to him. And I don't know if it's necessarily him or if it might be involving Charlotte. Your commentary during all that was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because I was kind of like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's a really funny, so really funny you know, kind of behind the story, uh, you know, behind the curtain story there. Um, when, when that happened, uh, when he came in the front of the building, the uh, staff at Warren Road there uh, literally thought that he was really Ric Flair. <laughs> right? And they all came out and like got photos with him and stuff. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still don't think they don't know that that was Ric Flair. I think they still think that was Ric Flair. Uh, he probably didn't even tell him, too. <laughs> oh, of course he didn't tell him. He, he was just like, yeah, I'm the real nature boy. <laughs> Yeah. All I know is when, when he got in the ring, I was just like, oh, my God, how long is he going to talk <laughs> or try to talk? Let's put it that way. Right. I don't know. I, just, I I think that the whole situation, though, is stupid, to be quite honest. But, hey, you know, who, who knows? We'll, silly. we'll have to get the full story uh, on that. But one thing before we move on, I want to talk to you about something, right? Because. There was one event that AEW did that I really, really liked just because of the location. And it was the Jacksonville uh, show, the, the Fight for the Fallen show. And I liked it because it had that outdoor feeling to it, right? right. And that's, you know, I get why everyone goes for the big arena, right? It, you, right. you get more money, obviously. I get that. But, like, would it kill WWE to do, like, a smaller venue once in a while? That way, every show doesn't look the exact same. Right. And, and you know, the, the thing that they do is they'll hold the big four in these giant outdoor arenas, which I dislike. I don't like the outdoor arena. Oh, you don't? Um, I don't. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I don't like the outdoor arena in person, and I don't like the outdoor arena on the on the screen. The reason I don't like it on the screen is because all of the sound in the venue goes up. So you when even when those big pops do happen, you don't hear them. Everything that the crowd is doing is muffled. And, yeah. And, you know, maybe that's part of the idea. They don't want WrestleMania ruined by a bunch of, you know, stupid marks. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what I don't like about it. And then of course I don't like them in person because like, you know, me and being out in the heat are not fans of one another. So, you know, I don't want to go visit one in person either, but I do agree with you. I would like to see them do some different things. I mean, that Jacksonville event had a, a almost a, like a, um, you know, stage set up. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, like it, it felt like a concert, right? Because it was it was a concert venue. That's uh, right. it's where a lot of bands have played. And I'd love to see them maybe do something like that, or you know, get get one of these arenas uh, that does have a lid on it for freaking WrestleMania. I mean, do WrestleMania at the Mercedes Benz or something. I may be a little bit biased as to why I want them to do that one, but you know. Oh, well, I mean, because you know, I, I, I will be there. <laughs> I will right, be at yeah. the Mercedes Benz for that. I was at the George Dome. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the. So, you know, Cody Rhodes has said that he's 
going to do an AEW show in Atlanta. And, you know, when that happens, uh, I can guarantee you that I'm going to be there. I'm, I'll, I'll even try to get front row, even though getting front row AEW tickets is basically like winning a lottery at this point in time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, their shows sell out fast right now, <laughs> which won't yeah. happen all the time. But for no, right when they now, start doing a, a show every week, it won't happen. Oh, yeah, obviously. But I, I am, uh, I, yes, when, when they announced that Atlanta show, uh, I, I will definitely be there uh, uh, for that one. But, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, like, I have to disagree, like, just a little bit there. Um, I love, like, the outdoor. I, I don't know. I just like, like, okay, for... I always said that one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views, even though it wasn't like that great of a pay-per-view, but one of like, I guess one of my fun pay-per-views from WCW was bash at the beach 95. And it's just because like, it was literally on the beach. Like it was like, you could see like the beach, you know, when, when uh, they were wrestling in the ring. And I always thought I was just like, that is the coolest fucking look in my i don't know maybe that's just me but i I, i'm all about scenery uh sometimes so maybe maybe i and i i and i do uh love a lot of the stadium shows uh that wrestlemania does i'm I'm just like oh that's always the coolest thing in my opinion you know seeing a wrestling ring in, in that kind of like size of an audience right i mean it's to each their own you know i they like the feel of it i guess some people like the feel of it uh, I'm just not a fan of how it cr- comes across on the broad, you know, on the broadcast. Personally, I, I and and I, I can see that, and I've 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 said that sometimes as well. Um, but I don't know. Just as far as a look, I just I I think it's the coolest. Like I always loved the nitros that they did from Panama City Beach. Those you know, back awesome. at Club La Vila. That I was did like amazing. those. Yeah, I definitely that like was those. amazing. But also, though, I mean, I think that they had a better. Um, I, I think that because that was kind of smaller, that the the crowd came across better on the broadcast. Right. Whereas, you know, when they do WrestleMania, man, there's like sixty thousand people in the building, and I think yeah. that I think that's where you start to lose a lot of that sound. And and you know, you could even say for those big arenas because I've been to cause I went to Clash of Champions. Um, I think two thousand and fourteen. I want to say was the year. When it was in Tennessee, a buddy of mine got got tickets for it, and we went there. And I noticed that, like you know, at times, like you know, the sound wouldn't be as loud with the crowd. Just you know, at times, I guess because of like how big it is. But then I went to you know center stage, right, uh, to see ROH, and I was just like, "Good God, it sounds like there's like you know a hundred thousand people here." Right. So. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think to each his own, but we're going to talk more pro wrestling uh, in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the indie section uh, uh, coming up uh, here in just a few minutes, but we're going to take a break for a minute right now. We'll be right back after a word from TNB Studios. It's the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. 
includes baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to unique people within the CSRA area, talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that, so you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chatter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network, exclusively on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN podcast. Of course, I've got the manager of the unknown, the leader, I should say, the man behind everything, Mr. James Caleb Kitchens. Uh, and yes, we're going to talk about some viral pro wrestling uh, and everything like that. But uh, I, you know, <laughs> I know you're a band that, uh, that, that likes to speak his mind uh, and everything like that. So I wanted to ask you uh, about a situation uh, that I believe you posted uh, on on Facebook or something like that that I saw that I wanted to find out more info about uh, and talk about. Uh, which was an incident that apparently happened at uh, at another wrestling show, and um, I'm just going to let you uh, go on. Uh, y- you mentioned something that this uh, promotion had a, uh, a registered sex offender, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. Uh, I- explain uh, in your own words. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll definitely tell the whole story because there's a lot of different stories going around, uh, and you know I can only tell my perspective of it um but uh you know so it came to my attention that one of the the sponsors for uh bushido uh pro wrestling uh pro wrestling bushido i'm sorry uh it you know one of their sponsors and it was actually one of their title sponsors was a um registered sex offender and they were a registered sex offender for child molestation uh and you know I yeah, right. Uh, the last thing that you want uh, your promotion to be associated with, uh, or any business of any kind. Uh, so uh, apparently, this happened, and you know, when I found out about this, I I checked with a few people that go to their shows, and I said, "Hey, uh, is this guy at these events? Because the only one that I've been to in the last six months is the one that you and I both attended." Oh wow! Uh, so, yeah, that's been a while, right? And and so there's been, um, you know, there's been there there's always children there. I have a, a good friend which of mine that has that has two young boys that attend these events, right? Which um, which which let me uh you know let let me state for the record that uh that that show that you and me attended, um that was that was actually a combination of Boshita and IWE, which we're right. not talking about IWE. Correct. I don't think that they had anything to do with this guy whatsoever. No, um, I, I don't and believe so. I, I am, uh, you know, uh, good friends with the promoter of IWE, and I, I can tell you as a character witness that he would never have anything to do with anything like this. No, I, I, um, I can vouch for him too on that one. I cannot say the same for Cameron Cade, obviously, because he did. Uh, and you know, with with that being the case, uh, you know. 
there are children in that audience. You're bringing this person who's a registered sex offender uh, to a show where you're going to have children there, and you're placing them in danger. Now, I'm not saying that Cade knew about this. I'm not saying that he didn't know. We won't ever know one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But when I brought it to light, it was then brought to my attention by several people that uh, apparently Bushido or their venue, I'm not sure who was notified first. I'm assuming the venue was notified and they notified Bushido because American uh, Legion. I, right. I don't see that going the other way around. Right. Um, right. This had apparently happened on Saturday, either before or during or after their event, um, which I didn't know that at the time. I didn't find out until several days later. And I, you know, at that point, I really started to get alarmed because I was like, okay, so someone else brought this forward. It's starting to make the rounds, you know, behind the scenes. I, because I found out about this in a group chat with about eight other people at the same time. Oh wow. And and these were fans. These are not industry people for the most part. So Okay. You know, that this is you have fans that attend these shows that have right. children that are finding out about this. And you at this point have not publicly distanced yourself from it. And to my knowledge, neither Pro Wrestling Bushido nor Cameron Cade to this very moment of us recording this have publicly distanced themselves from this sponsor. Now, I've heard that they did let them go uh, behind the scenes. But I think that if, you know, my thing is if you have a sponsor for your business, right, if someone sponsors you, your, your goal then is to promote them and to get your fan base to visit their business because that's what you're doing, right? That's that's the whole purpose of them giving you money and continuing to give you money is they're paying you for access to your audience. That's how right. it goes with any business. That's right. why you know that's why you see the radio station sponsoring Legends of Wrestling uh, or, or any of the other businesses that do that. Um, any of the businesses that sponsor Viral Pro Wrestling, they're sponsoring Viral Pro Wrestling uh, because they want for us to then um, tell our audience, hey, th- this is a good business. They want us to bring that business um, into their mind so that when they need whatever product it is that that business offers, that they think about them. Right. That's Advertising 101. Right. Oh, yeah, so, obviously. So if you are that much in bed with this person and you didn't vet them at all, and I'm not saying, hey, you know, this couldn't happen to anyone. But when it does happen, it is your job then to distance yourself. And part of that is letting your audience know the situation. Um, the, the same people that you have said, hey, go get business. You know, if, if you need your vehicle detailed, go take it to this place. You know, those people then does deserve to know that the owner of that business owner and operator is a registered sex offender. They, I mean, don't you think they deserve to know that? Um, Uh, yeah. Information like that. I I think, I think, yeah, you, you got to tell someone about that. And, and I'll, I'll give you uh, an example. And I, I talked about this on the shootout with Bill Blanchard. Um, uh, a, a few years ago. Uh, so Viral Pro Wrestling had a sponsor once that we didn't find out that they were um, involved with any child molestation, but we found out that they were overt racists. 
um, and we very publicly distanced ourselves from them. Uh, and oh, I remember is, about that. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. And that was a. I mean, it was still serious, but it wasn't nearly as bad as you're bringing these people around, you know, uh, the, uh, as you bringing people around a, a, a registered sex offender who is a child molester. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, but we found out this about them. So, I mean, yeah, it's your job if you have told these people that, you know, they need to go to this place to, to let them know that, hey, you know, this happened. And, and, you know, we did that with Stars and Bars merchandise when we found out about the uh, several issues that had happened uh, with them. We came forward publicly and we said, hey, Viral Pro Wrestling is no longer in any way associated with Stars and Bars merchandise. Um, right. And, and, you know, that's what Bushido should have done. That's what or, or at least what Cameron Cage should have done um, or both. Um, and to this day, they still haven't done that to this moment. They still haven't done it even after right. it was publicly posted all over the place. Uh, and, and, you know, to make it worse, um, their promoter, uh, Cameron Cade, uh, then tried to, uh, gaslight me with the whole situation after I brought it to the public's attention. He then tried to blame me for it, uh, somehow. <laughs> uh, and I was thought that, that the- if, if if I may real quick, because I, I saw a post uh, like that, like I saw like if you have information that that could save a child's life or something like that. Yeah, he made a post that kind of insinuated that I knew about it on Saturday and waited until that day to post it. So uh, let me give you a few reasons. So first of all, I have like seven witnesses that all found out at the same time as me. That mm-hmm. can confirm that that's that I learned about it at the same time as them, but right. also here's the thing, man. From the time I found out about that to the time I posted it, you know me, all right. It was like two right. hours. It was just enough time for me to investigate. I right. couldn't have sat on that story for five days if I had a gun to my head, right? right. I was right. in a hurry to post about it, um, you know, and and so. It, that's kind of what he was implying, I guess, is that maybe I knew before then. But it's like, even if that had been the case, uh, you know, you don't you don't react to that situation where you actually put children in danger and try to offload it on someone else. Yeah, uh, you're because, the one that held the event. <laughs> right. You held the event. You failed to vet this guy and you had him around all your people. Now, you know, I'm not saying that if as a pro wrestling show right because this has been said you know as a pro wrestling show if if you get a sponsor that comes in and says hey i want to give you x amount of money are you going to start running a background check on that guy or are you going to say oh yeah man give me the money okay i get it you're going to say that you want the money yeah okay. hey you know you got you got to make money and everything is still a business so obviously that's the natural right. first reaction you got to make money. But if you can't look into this person even a little bit, and then when you do find out, the way that you react is completely unprofessional uh, at, at every level, uh, you know, you're at fault at that point. Uh, so, you know, if it had been a situation where they found out Saturday, they made a post publicly, hey, we're not affiliated mm-hmm. with this person anymore. Uh that I think would have been the right way to go about it, and it wouldn't have become a, a, such a big deal. Um, but you know, it did. 
and and I don't want to harp on this forever because, as you can imagine, my inbox has been <laughs> completely flooded with this kind of thing. But I am glad that you right. asked me about it, and I am glad that you know that we brought it to light and, and discussed it. Yeah, and and I mean, because well, first of all, I just wanted to know, you know, what what the exact situation was because I didn't know anything about that. And you know me, I usually know anything and everything that's going on at, at wrestling shows right. <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I do want to ask, though, real quick, was this guy who was, you know, the, the, the sponsor in question, was he at that show that uh, IWE and Bushido did together that we were so- at? I'm not sure about that. I could find out for you, but I did ask someone who attends their events regularly. I actually asked two separate people um, if they had seen that person there, and they both said that they had been at the last several events. So I don't know if that includes that joint show that they did, but let me just reiterate, too, that I don't believe IWE had any part in this whatsoever because I would never want any of this to blow back on them. Right, and and I I definitely uh, would second that. I I I know. In fact, I know IWE uh, would not you know would not know about anything like that. And they've only done one thing with Bushida, really, uh, w- which was just that show, which was actually a pretty good show, uh, and everything like that. I, um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I you know we got to see uh, the WWE World Title defended uh, <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship. So. <laughs> Ah, Malachi, Matthews. I swear to God, right after that, I was just like, I was like, Malachi Matthews is going to get booked everywhere just because of that. Right. <laughs> and, and we got to see, I mean, Sean Legacy versus Anthony Henry, which I legit thought Sean Legacy was dead at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I think that show was like. I think it was like the week before like infection or outbreak or something. And I remember, and I remember sitting there watching that match with Henry and, you know, I have a a long standing relationship with Anthony Henry. And I I remember being like, I need him to wrestle on Saturday, you know? (laughs) Uh, So him and legacy legacy was in the main event. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We needed him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I got to take a drink here. Uh, yeah, this episode of Stovall Wrestling Network, by the way, brought to you by Bang Energy. <laughs> you uh, you love those things, don't you? I do, man. Um, so I I normally do the um the blue Raz, which tastes a lot like a the blue Jolly Rancher. Right. I, I like the cotton candy as well, and um, Joe Brown from Suplexes and Microphones has gotten me onto the Sour Heads. Uh, yeah. But this is this is actually the first time I've tried this. This is a Bangster Berry, is the name of the uh, the flavor. I had to look all over the place for this. Uh, this was actually recommended to me by the uh, promoter from Southern Honor, uh, Gary Lamb. So, oh, nice! And I have to say that it is it is damn good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I've heard you. Dude, I've heard you talk about Southern Honor, and I've been hearing like a lot of things and. I, I obviously became very familiar with Southern Honor when they were like featured on uh on the road to double or nothing. Like I was like, holy shit, like Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho showed up at this event. They must right. be doing some big things there at Southern Honor. Yeah, I mean Southern Honor um 
it, it's great. I I go to their shows whenever I can. You know, sometimes they'll run on the same weekend as as Viral, and they run Friday nights. Um, right. Like for example, they had a show the night before Infection. Well, as you know, we set our we set everything up the day before our show. Right. right. So when they when they run the night before Viral, I can't make it. Um, but I think that weekend was the biggest weekend in Georgia wrestling for the whole year. Um, when they had the rumble Jack on Friday night and then we had, uh, infection four on Saturday. Uh, I actually talked to a few fans that were at both events and I mean, they both, um, were ecstatic about it. So yeah, it's always a good time out there. Um, they're, you know, one of the few promotions that I can go to in Georgia and really just kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy an incredible show that tells stories, has a good production value. So, Oh, not, and Sean Legacy wrestles there a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, Sean Legacy uh, is there. Uh, the Gymnasties were there at the last event that I went right. to. Uh, the Lynch Mob is there. Um, you know, I, I, Mac. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, AC Mac's the champion right now. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, I saw that. God, God, can hit, can that dude cut a promo or what? Oh God, he can. Yeah, and and you you want to talk about October being a big month for wrestling? So October fourth, you have Southern Honors anniversary show, which is going to have a War Games match. And then, oh Lord! Right, and AC Max in that he's leading one of the teams. Uh, and then you have uh, you know the next weekend you have on October twelfth you have of course. Viral Pro Wrestling Trick or Trauma. Yes. Uh, and you know, I mean, you've been to one of our uh, Halloween shows before. You were at the last Trick or Trauma. Yes, uh, I was. You know that something crazy is always going to happen. Uh, last year, uh, the hierarchy tried to bar- burn their opponents alive in a casket. Yes, I called that. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was afraid out there. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll never forget. Um, actually, uh, you know, it, it was uh, one of the most brilliant. I've never talked to him about this, but one of the most brilliant, you know, pieces of commentary that I've heard on the independent scene in a while was actually uh, Heath when they started to pour the gasoline on there, and Heath said, "You can smell the fumes from that gas all the way over here." I just thought that was he was so convincing, and it was such a good line. Well, as uh, much as I would love to give Heath credit for that, I, I believe I said that. Did you say that? Yes, okay. I did. I got to go back and review the footage then, and I owe you an apology if I'm crediting <laughs> that to Heath. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I definitely no, owe I'm, you an apology. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Heath. I, I love Heath, but I'm just, I'm just like, no, wait a minute. I said that. <laughs> I was like, if, I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, the the fumes, you can smell it. And I, I took it from you know the classic Jr. Uh, right stuff. It, so if that's your line, okay, I will, I will post a photo of me in the SWN shirt on my Facebook every day for a solid week. Uh, in in payment for crediting the line to Heath, I'm as soon as we get done recording this, I'm going to go back and watch it. Okay, yes, you're on on that one because I, yes, I'm telling you, I I said that, <laughs> and and you can tell it's me because my voice cracked a little bit. <laughs> right I, I'm definitely going to listen to it. All uh, right. So speaking of trick or trauma, this year's has already. Uh, been shaping up to look a, like a really incredible card. Uh, yes. 
you know, um, of course, uh, and, you know, I said this back in August, uh, Darius Lockhart is not going to be there um, because he is, in fact, defending the Viral Pro Wrestling Championship all over the United Kingdom. Okay, okay. So explain that. Like, like how, how did that come about? Um, with so so Darius was already planning to go on tour to the UK, um, you know, because this kind of thing is not really something that you plan over a weekend, uh, you know. So it's it's definitely something that was already in the works. And then you know he was already the Viral Pro Wrestling Champion, and um, you know there was a couple of promotions that. Um, that we had talked to and a couple that he had spoken to. Um, right. And, you know, he was going to take it with him on his tour. And he told me himself that every promotion he's going to go work for, he's going to offer to defend that championship because he is a defending champion. Mm. So does that make, uh, I mean, I, obviously you're not going to be nervous about that, but does that make Joshua Hancock a little bit nervous there that he could lose his title belt to someone relatively unknown? Uh, well, it's funny that you use that term, but uh, the unknown, but, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> not, not Darius, but like right. someone who's not known in another promotion. Right. So, um, you know, the thing is, we, you know, everybody considers that to be the most beautiful belt in independent wrestling. And it is. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is. It, it's I mean, a it beautiful is. belt. It is. Uh, we have actually other promoters all the time uh asking you know well where did you get that belt made can i and, and you know here's the thing the guy that designed that title isn't in business any longer doing design work uh so wow. so good luck <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i'd say yeah. so so uh you know not not to harp on that but yeah i mean i'm sure it does make josh nervous it doesn't make me nervous because i know that darius is going to come back with that championship the same way that you know i said on this very program that he was going to walk out of infection four with it and you know what do you know well yeah and i mean he he did walk out I, i i can't say that i agree with the way that he did it i mean you know he he slapped the referee intentionally tried to get him or and didn't try intentionally got himself disqualified uh for that so i mean i i can't say that i agree with the way that he did it but that will set up uh Sean legacy because uh, he still has uh kind of a um a number 1 contendership still because of that or he has a claim to a number 1 contendership for that VPW title and it was announced uh, this week on today, Pro. Actually, yes, actually today. I, I was going to say today. Yes, so it was today. Uh, it was announced today that Sean Legacy will take on Joey Lynch for a number one contendership for the VPW Heavyweight Championship. Oh my God! What a main event that is. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, what do you think about that match? You know, what do you think about Josh Hancock doing that? And here's right. the thing. So while Darius is overseas defending the title all over the place, these two are going to be in Thompson, Georgia, squabbling about who gets to lose to Darius Lockhart next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's fine. I, I think it's going to be an amazing contest. I'll be watching it. It's a win-win situation for me. Um I'll definitely be watching. I think that I think it's funny that Sean 
is suddenly becoming what everybody said that he was a flavor of the month. Uh, because now you've got, so you've got Sean. So he fails in his quest to capture the VPW championship. He barely squeaks out a win at Summer of Quack over Eli Drake. And while he's in the back getting his boots off, Joey Lynch is out in the ring with Christopher Daniels. Yes. And, you know, at the end of the night, it, you know, Joey Lynch and Christopher Daniels may have stood tall over us. We made it out of there with the title, though, as I said we were going to do. And, you know, Joey After Lynch... he did have about a two-minute matchup. With well, the, the next... Here's the thing. The next time Joey Lynch stands toe-to-toe with Darius Lockhart, he's not going to have Christopher Daniels. Mm, but Dar- but Darius Lockhart's still going to have Owen Knight. Darius Lockhart's still going to have Blanco Loco. Darius Lockhart's still going to have Joey Osborne. He's still going to have the Dream Gorelli. He's still going to have me. So, yeah. you know, let, let them fight it out. That's a win-win for me. Maybe they'll take each other out. But, you know, I, I really do think that it will be hilarious uh, I definitely will be laughing if Sean fails to capture the victory on this one. Oh, uh, well, well, I mean, I mean, that's some strong words. And again, I, I do want to stress, you know, stressify, stressify, <laughs> specify uh, for everyone out there. I want to specify that, you know, we'll never know if Sean Legacy could have actually beaten Darius Fair that night because, again, Darius got intentionally disqualified against uh sean on that night and that's how he was able to retain the belt and then you know at summer quack well daniels was scheduled to face him uh for the title that ended up being a very short matchup when the unknown got uh involved or or, well you guys let's put it that way and uh, so you know I, i mean We'll we'll see uh, what happens uh, with that. I am looking forward to seeing uh, if uh, Darius Lockhart uh, will come back with the title, if it'll be someone else coming back with the title, and we're also going to determine the number one contender uh, for his belt. And you know what? Since since we're talking about the unknown and, and we're talking about Darius Lockhart, I I, I gotta ask you because and and I I, I, I give you your credit. This might be. One of the most impressive factions, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, this might be one of the most impressive factions I've seen uh, since the NWO. You know, um, you asked earlier in the show, you know, is it okay to call it a faction? Uh, You know, I prefer the most impressive assembly of talent in the independent wrestling scene today, but that is a mouthful, so faction works. Um. (laughs) Well, that, I, yes. I, you know, and, and here's the thing. I I said that I was going to go out and that I was going to get the best and I was going to represent the best. And when I said that, I followed through with that. And it's it's funny because, you know, they say that the, the, the villains, quote-unquote, in wrestling are always the ones that are telling you the truth. And that's, that's actually what's happened here. It, and, you know, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, Darius was on the program and, and he definitely said his piece about this. But I'll say Darius Lockhart hasn't changed. Darius Lockhart had a message and Darius Lockhart still has that message. And he goes out there and he defends that viral pro wrestling championship for the people every time he does it. 
And whether they, you know, cheer for him or boo him or whatever, every single time, that's not relevant. He's still fighting for them. Uh, and, and I think it is sad that we've seen so many people go over to Team Legacy. But as I said earlier, is that now Team Lynch? Is Legacy a thing of the past? Speaking of a thing of the past, you brought up the faction. International superstars are going to be going up against the Monster Squad. Another uh, I group was that's about to bring news. that up. Yes. Another group that's old news. They were the very first tag champions. They won those in a Fatal 4-Way match back at Infection 2. And that was up against the Ugly Ducklings. That was up against the Hierarchy. And that was up against uh, High Profile. Yes, that, that is very true. Yes. And, and they well, lost I, those in short fashion to the Rock and Roll Express shortly after that. Uh, yes, I, I I'll I'll agree with that. Now here here's the thing though. I I mean, while the Monster Squad, while they haven't been a team uh in a while, this will kind of be like their return to Thompson, Georgia and VPW. They came back at the summer quack uh and everything like that. But I I I, I would not take lightly self-to-destruct Billy Brash and the real Joshua Cutshaw. I think you, above anybody, would know better than that, right? I don't understand what you mean by that. Well, Uh, I'm just saying, I think the international superstars got their work cut out for them. I mean, mean, you, you know how good Billy Brash is. And Joshua Cutshaw is just, he's unpredictable as all hell. So. You know, you know that that may be true, um, and you know, uh, like you said, they're a little bit rusty. But you know, and, and you know, at Summer of Quack, we saw them, you know, sweep up James Johnson and Cody Fluffman, right? But Fluffman's an amateur, and James Johnson is not on the level of the international superstars. So you know, while they might have mm-hmm. made short work of those guys, you're not looking at a situation where uh, you know you're going to see this incredible you know showing from these guys they're going to come out and just walk out of there with the championships or anything like that so you know are are, you know are the superstars going to have the night off no they're not are they going to walk out of there with the titles yes they are well you know what they they won't have owen knight this time though to do it so i mean you can't say that i mean you don't know that I mean, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I was on commentary and I saw Owen Knight push Blanco Loco up the ladder. It was either him or Joey Osborne. <laughs> I have to see when SOS Custom see, Wrestling. See, you don't even have your facts straight. You don't even have your facts straight. I tell you what, I saw the international superstars leave with those championships, like we said they were going to. Well, I'm, and 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 that's that that's true. They did. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, that that's going to be a very good matchup. Everyone uh, definitely needs to check that out. Speaking of Owen Knight, I have to ask you about that. How did you get the working team captain on board to come and fight side by side by the man? You know, him and Darius Lockhart went to war for three months straight over the VPW championship. It, it was it was to determine originally it was the best of three series to determine the number one contender for that title. And then it ended up being that the series would conclude with the winner receiving the VPW championship. Of course Darius won. And then they had a ladder matchup that they damn near killed each other in. 
And then about two months later, now they're fighting side by side with the same cause. How how did how did you manage to do that, or did you manage to do that? What did they just come together? It's crazy how that works, right? I mean, it didn't take a lot from me to make that happen. What it took was respect and purpose, and both of those guys have a have, you know through all those matches they had with each other. You know, I, I'm not sure that Owen necessarily likes Darius. I'm not sure that Darius necessarily likes Owen or not, but I know that they share the same purpose. I know they share the same cause, uh, and they share a respect for one another. Um, because here's the thing: um, in the last uh, year, uh, the people that have a, a pinfall victory over Darius Lockhart is a very, very low number of people. And that low number of people happens to include Owen Knight. That's because true. Didn't he defeat Darius to move on in a tournament for the VPW championship a while ago? No, no, it wasn't in the tournament. He actually um, – he faced Chip Day in the tournament that you're talking about. He beat him in the best of uh, – in the opening match of the best of three series. Okay, yes. Yes, so, yes, and, that, and that's true. That's right. And, and so and, – and you also have to think about this. The, what led into that match was, you know, Darius Lockhart won his match at uh, Infection uh, three, and then Owen came in and attacked him and laid the challenge down. And you know, he, while he didn't approve of it at the time, you've got to respect the man coming into Viral Pro. Uh, you know, he was already there, but he wasn't happy with his spot on the show. So he said, well, I'm going to make my own spot. And if that's not what the unknown is about as a whole, then I don't know what it is. So, you know, they both personify that purpose. Are, are, I got to ask you this, though. Are you worried about egos coming into play, you know, in that instance? You've got a lot of guys on there that that have egos. I I mean I think we've all got egos. I I think Ellie's might be bigger than all of ours. Uh, well, you know, very true. And, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, she's the she's the queen of our pro wrestling. Uh, you look at it, and I mean, yeah. Do, do we all have egos? Sure. But at the end of the day, are we going to make sure that every single person walks out with their championships? Yeah, we definitely are. Um, and and that's why, uh, you know, being able to set aside for a moment that sort of personal glory and and respect the team, that's what's what sets the unknown apart from the guys that are squabbling over title shots this that's the reason why nobody in Josh Hancock's camp of golden boys has any chance against the unknown because they're just all out for themselves. Mm. And, and, and since we're talking about this, um, let me put this out here too. I, I brought up Cody Fluffman earlier because he decided at uh, infection that he was going to stick his nose uh, in our business. Uh, Cody Fluffman put his hands on me and several members of the unknown, and we have not forgot about that. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it, on October 12th, if he if he shows his face at Viral Pro, uh, he's not going to have to ask whether tr- whether it's going to be trick or trauma. Uh, he's definitely getting oh, the latter. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I hey, hey did did we attack? 
Cody Fluffman? Did we did we uh, you know stick our nose in his business? Did we interfere in his match? No, we didn't. Uh, well, but he no, but he was just trying to do the right thing by his you know his pal Sean Legacy, who helped him get in the business and everything like that. He was just trying to protect his friend. I don't think that that's an, enough to give him like a death threat or anything like that. Or uh, I, I don't well, know, but. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing, uh, him trying to do the right thing. I have to ask, you know, does he think that in that same scenario that Sean is going to have his back? So we'll see. We'll see. Mm, I mean, (laughs) that's a very good point. Uh, I mean, and, and, and that's something that we can say about the unknown is, is everybody's got each other's back. Uh, in this instance, uh, and everything like that. So then, I got to ask you this: What has the relationship then, if any, at this point, been between you and Joshua Hancock so far? Well, all since all of this, because I know you still got to work together. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing: it's, it's a very tense, very tense environment, uh, and you know, he keeps to his thing you know he's running the company blah 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 uh you know i i stick to my thing uh we don't talk a whole lot and when we do you know it's basically me pointing out to him hey look uh you're the one that put these guys in this scenario if these guys had been treated properly by viral pro then i could not have done anything that i've done here well, okay, so I've heard that from, you know, everybody, uh, the international superstars, Darius. Uh, you know, I haven't interviewed Owen Knight yet, but I hope to get him on this show soon. Um, but I've, I've heard that, that Joshua Hancock you know, treated them bad or, or, or didn't give them the time of day or anything. So, you know, I, I have to ask. What does that mean exactly? What what did Joshua Hancock not do for these guys, I guess? So think, like, like, think, think about this. Think about this. Okay. okay. Let, I'm, I'm going to put a scenario in front of you. Okay. Owen Knight is the perfect example here. Owen Knight is the first ever Outbreak champion. Yes? Correct. Um, Owen Knight went to bat. So uh, at... Um, at Survival this year, this past year, Owen was in a grueling triple threat match with John frickin' Davis and Billy Brash. A triple yes. threat. Then, later on that night, he comes out. He teams up with a man that he hates. The man who's carrying around what he considers at the time to be his Outbreak Championship. He sets all that aside. And puts his own body on the line after he already had that crazy triple threat match on the line to defend viral pro wrestling. Yeah, this is very true. I was there at ringside. I called it. Right. I was very shocked too to see him. I was like, I was like, wow. Out of out of everyone, I could have thought to stand up for viral pro. uh, He was not. He was the last one on the list. 
Exactly. And that's the thing. He was the last one on the list. He was the last one on Joshua Hancock's list. Joshua Hancock has never appreciated Owen. I mean, you even think about it. The only way he even got that two out of three series with Darius is he had to come out there and interrupt the show and attack him and challenge him to it. So you look at that, you look at the fact that, uh, you know, these guys aren't, you know, aren't being featured on posters. These guys aren't being featured on the commercials. You've got Sean Legacy, who is constantly being propped up by Viral Pro. Um, and, you know, that's starting to change a little bit now because we've ruined his stock. You know, we've point, I mean, how many times do we have to leave Sean Legacy laying in the middle of the ring before people start to lose faith in his ability to deliver? And you got to admit, I mean, you know, I know that you're trying to you're trying to stay out of it and and call it uh, right down the middle uh, trademark to Chris Wiggins. Um, <laughs> I was about you to know, say. I, I know that you're trying to do that, but you have to admit that Sean Legacy did tell everyone, no matter what I have to do, I'm going to leave Infection Four with the championship, and he doesn't have it. And and you can you can you can throw in all the excuses that you want. You can say, oh, well, this happened or that happened or this person got dehued or that person broke the rules. But at the end of the day, in the record books, going it says, to deliver. right, in the record books, I was going to say, it says Darius Lockhart won that match. Exactly. And, you know, he's still the viral wrestling champion. And that's that's where we are right now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's that's what I mean when I say that these guys were not given um, the the spotlight that they deserved. Uh, and I don't think they were. I really don't think they were. And I think that their grievances are very real. I, it's, it's hard to argue uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, again, I thought, I thought if anything, Owen Knight was going to get uh, a title shot for sticking up for VPW that night or, or something like that. But, uh, that, that never came to be, um, it didn't come to be until, until, uh, you know, I had to negotiate it for him as his representative at outbreak. This is true. This is very true. And you you also made that, you also negotiated that matchup to be no disqualification too. So I did, I did. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a move. Take it for what it is. Yeah, well, so. it, it, and, and hey, <laughs> you can't deny the facts. It it did work. Um, we're we're gonna see. So then, you know, I've I've asked I've asked the international superstars this. I've asked Darius this. You know, what what is next for the unknown? What is what is the ultimate goal? Then, of, well, I, let me I mean, let me I, tell you this. Our ultimate goal, and we've always said this, is to make viral pro wrestling. Bigger and better than it's ever been. And we feel like, and I feel like, that that with these people at the forefront, that's what's going to happen. And and so that is the ultimate goal. And it's crazy that, you know, so many people are against us on this. Because that is our goal. We want to make Viral Wrestling bigger and better than ever. And if you talk about, you talk about the Georgia wrestling scene, right? Right. Prior to Outbreak... You never heard viral pro wrestling being mentioned when people were talking about Georgia wrestling awards or talking about 
possible event of the year or you know anything like that. But now, over the last couple of months since the unknown has formed, Viral Pro Wrestling has drawn over 400 fans to both of the last two events. Well, yep. Attendance records for Viral Pro, over 400, both shows. We've had James Storm back in, and we've had Christopher Daniels in there, Tim Donst, uh, which also, Drake. also defeated by Owen Knight. Just want to put that out there. Um, Eli Drake, of course, uh, Leva Bates, I mean, JT Dunn. Um, and, you know, since we were talking about uh, that match with uh, Tim Donst, that was another incredible showing by Owen Knight. Because Tim Donst, uh, you know, I, I give that guy my respect. Uh, it was. He is an incredible performer. He's no yes. Owen Knight, as we saw, but incredible performer. Uh, so, you know, and, and here's the thing, Josh is kind of going out and he's reaching out and saying, okay, all right, I got these guys taken over. I want to bring these people in to viral pro to try to, you know, help me out. Even the odds look, if you look at, um, so, and I mean, some of these are very impressive, right? Uh, lucky Ali and Jason Kincaid at trick or trauma. Yeah. Okay. Which is going to be a great match. That's going to be an unbelievable match, but who's going to say, that whoever wins that match isn't going to get a phone call from us. You know? Uh, you think I'm not going to be scouting during that match? Um, and then you got two, like, incredible performers, uh, Montana Black and Chuckles the Clown King. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's going to be a violent match. That's going to be insane. Uh, Chuckles is one of the biggest personalities on the indie scene today. Who's to say that either one of those guys would ma- wouldn't make a great addition to the unknown? So you know, uh, I I got to question Josh's strategy here, and I, I'm not going to say I've been in contact with any of these folks because I haven't. But uh, you also got to look at uh, you know we have another person coming back that has an axe to grind with Viral Pro, and that's AC Max opponent Chip Day. Chip Day was another guy that when, you know, he, he, this is his second run at viral and, you know, in his first run, he was constantly sidelined. Uh, you know, uh, he earned a title opportunity and, you know, Josh continuously failed to give him a fair title shot. Things kept inter- you know, happening. People kept interfering. Uh, and he was caught up in, in a very personal feud between Hex and Chris Maine, And, that completely got in the way of and overshadowed his title opportunity that he earned by winning in ter- the tournament. So if Chip Day has an extra grind with Viral Pro, give me a call. He has my number. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, if anyone would have one, it, it, it'd be Chip Day. Hell, I mean, AC Mack, he had an extra grind from uh, last show. He was scheduled to be in a one-on-one matchup, and he turned into a triple threat matchup. Sorry, I got to, you know, call it like I see it, Josh, but uh, that that did happen. It actually happened at Infection. That was when Tracer X got inserted into the fold, and I didn't even know Tracer was there. I mean, let's be fair. Uh, AC Mac has an axe to grind with, like, everyone. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's so, very true. So I don't know if that's a great uh, benchmark there, but... You know, I, I gotta say, I'm sure that, it would be a great addition, though. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, he is considered by many to be one of the top, if not the top talents in Georgia right now. Uh, yes, and and I I went to uh, WWA four when he was uh, when he was training there. So yes, I know uh, you, I you never fail to mention that. <laughs> right, I, I I I didn't have the you know longest uh, time there at WWA four, but for the times that I did there, I uh, I learned so much. So. Uh, I just have to. I will say this though. I, I know you have your problems with uh, Joshua, but how great was it to see uh, Georgia wrestling history apologize to Josh for the recent comments? Oh man! Oh <laughs> man! So that may have been worth all of it, right? <laughs> I mean, all of the nonsense. I mean, because you know, I'm sure Stephen Platinum hasn't listened to that episode that I did on here. Um, because he wouldn't be speaking to me if he had, um, and sure you know, I'll, and you know, Stephen Platinum did a hit piece on me recently, uh, me specifically, me personally. And oh, he did. Know, I didn't see this. And and actually, so this is something I wanted to bring up. Right. So check this out. So he made a video about me. to talk well, not specifically about me the whole video, but he talked at length over half the video about me. And I originally I was like I'm gonna go respond to this blah blah, blah. and then I I thought about it and I was like, let me just not <laughs> let let me see if my inbox blows up, let me see if anyone says anything. You know what? It's been crickets, right? If I had gone out and said, look what this fucker said about me, it would have sent people in droves to his page. Mm-hmm. The same way that when he talked about the Garden City Classic, which he had to redact and apologize for because he was wrong. Um, you know, that was his most watched video on the site at that time, was that video right. where he came after viral. Because so yeah. many people did want to go see what he said. And if I look at that video that he went after me, uh, it, it has a very low amount of views. It's not even 200 uh, nobody has really said much about it. No one's inboxed me. No one's posted about it, really. Um, so that, I think, in and of itself proves my point of the irrelevance. Um, now, I'm not saying that Platinum doesn't have some interesting ideas. He does. He has some great ideas. And not everything he said in that video was wrong. Uh, you know, uh, he definitely made some points about... I, I do come at people online like a complete asshole on occasion. It definitely happens. I, I, you know, have no problem admitting that. But, you know, when it comes to Platinum, you can't take him that seriously. And that's one thing that I worry about with a lot of these Georgia talents. Because I know a lot – most of the people that watch his stuff are in, in the industry, right? I right. think there's a lot of talents that watch – his shows and take his advice and and that's what i worry about is them taking that the things that he says too seriously because i think it is important to remember a couple of things and this is not a character assassination on him but you know uh he definitely exploited a lot of his talent um you know as far as pay and things like that things that would not fly today uh, and, you know, also both of the promotions that he ran, 
um, you know, that like tanked really hard. Uh, so right. I don't want people to take the things that he says as, as a gospel. Um, but I'm not saying he's always wrong. As a matter of fact, I agree with him on a lot of things that he says. Um, and, you know, he he's speaking from his standpoint about me, of what he's seen of me online in the last two months. Right. And so maybe if that's all he knows Probably about, not the best thing to go off of you. <laughs> right. If that's all he knows about me, then... Right. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I think a lot of the people that know me, know me, uh, know that uh, at the end of the day, I'm looking out for the wrestling business. Um, mm-hmm. And I put that ahead of everything. I put that ahead of Viral Pro. Um, at, at the end of the day, I'm looking out for the wrestling business, period. And then second to that is Viral Pro. And everything after that is irrelevant to me when it comes to wrestling. But if something is going to damage the industry, the local industry, the, st- the wrestling in the state, then yes, I'm going to call that out. And if there's backlash against me personally for it, then that's fine. Um, if that backlash comes out against Viral, I think that's unfounded. Because I don't own any part of Viral Pro Wrestling. I do work there. But my opinions aren't the opinions of Viral Pro. My opinions right. are Right, um, right. You know, so that's the way I see it. Um, and, you know, I did absolutely love that interview um, because, you know, uh, there was definitely people that put out the hit on us with Platinum originally with the Garden City Classic video that said, hey, look, you know, Viral didn't draw that many people for this event. And then there were tons of photos that people that post online, Chris Wiggins posted a photo showing that there were clearly like 300 people there. And, you know, after the fact, and it just, it made him look like an idiot. So, you know, the people that kind of brought him, that brought Viral into his crosshairs had to eat crow because when I listened to that episode of tipping point it was you know the page had turned and he was fawning all over josh and just talking about you know they were just beaming about our product and it is one of the best products in the state by far uh you know there are very few promotions that are on the level that viral pro is on i would say southern honor has got to be so would i yeah so would I. i i you know if if you want my honest opinion about it um, and I may catch flack for this, but I'm not going to say anything here that I wouldn't say to Josh Hancock or to Gary Lamb in person. I think that they have better production at Southern Honor than we have. I think that we have better in ring wrestling than they have. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the different, that's the, but I, but that's not to say that either one isn't great because I think the in ring product at either place is better than anywhere else in the state. I think, I think both the, products are equally as good. I think the production at both products is better than anywhere at the States. So, and you know, and they're also two and a half hours away from each other and they don't, they're not in the same market. So, right. Um, I go to both, you know, it, even isn't if I there another car, one, go to both. isn't there another one up in Atlanta called like triple a Lucha or something or, or Lucha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, MLA or um, Mucha Lucha Atlanta, yeah, um, draws incredibly 
they draw a ton. They have a very good show. It's not production heavy, but it's a very good show. It's very well done. Um, and they have a great venue. The venue's incredible. It's the same venue that that Hell or High Water show was at where they signed uh, the Lucha Brothers to AEW. Oh, okay, that one. That one, yeah. Um, so I've been there a few times. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Very Morales, um, uh, you know, he, he uh, comes from there. He's been on Very Morales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredible talent. To- yeah, yeah, uh, I rednecked it up. I Bobby Hilled that up real hard. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, they have an incredible show. Um, another one that I know you haven't been to. It's my goal for 2020 to get you to this show. You What's have that? got to come to Dragon Con Wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, I need to I need to do that. 3,000 people. Um, I, I will tell you what. My match of the year for Georgia may just be the um, uh, the uh, enforcers versus the Ducks. Oh God! <laughs> uh, at at DragonCon, and now that that's not a first time match. That match has happened several times, but I think this was by far the best version of it. And like three thousand people, like quacking. Uh, you know, during the uh, hot tag buildup and everything, I mean, I, I the hairs on my arms were standing up. It was a wow, three thousand people, three thousand. Yeah. So what it is is at the um, at the uh, I believe it's the Hyatt. Let me think about this. Uh, no, it's the Hilton. So at the Hilton, they have three Centennial ballrooms, uh, and they're the biggest ballrooms that they have at the hotel in downtown Atlanta. And for Dragon Con Wrestling, it's so big, they have to take the dividers out and combine all three of those ballrooms into one giant room. Uh, and it sits, uh, seats like 2,500 to 3,000 people. And they, I mean, they pack it out. If you want to get in, you have to be there a few hours before the show starts and be in line. And then once they fill the room up, there, there will still be a line outside. And as people leave, they'll let more people in. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. I, it's it's huge, man. Damn. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, we'll. De- I'm I'm gonna hold you to that then. We'll we'll, we'll definitely have to do that. Yeah, it's ten. It's ten bucks, dude. It's ten dollars. I mean, it's a trip to Atlanta and ten bucks. All right. So, All right. It's Jacoby Boykins uh, wrestles there a lot too, didn't he? Yes, he does. He is a um, previous winner of the Dragon Con Cup. Um, which they used to have a huge battle royal there every year, but they didn't do that this year because uh, the battle royal got so crazy last year. I have to find it for you. I actually did a live stream during the battle royal, and there were people. <laughs> there were so many people in the battle royal that most of the people didn't ever even get in the ring. They were just come out and immediately start fighting on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I guess after you get beat up to a certain amount, you just go back to the back. Like there's no, you know, there was it was just madness. I mean, it was absolute <laughs> chaos. Like they're just like, I'm not winning this match, so I was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tremendous. I, I have to go to that because I've I've been hearing a lot about that. And since it, I I want to go to that, and I want I really want to go to one of those mucha luchas. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm down. We can go. Yeah, that in Southern Honor. Like I, I have to go to one of those shows. I because I've been, especially when I saw it 
on the road to double or nothing thing that AEW did. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I got to check this out eventually. So we'll have to do that uh, eventually. People Uh, don't know this about me, man. I go to a lot of wrestling shows. I, Uh, I don't, I don't watch a lot of it on TV, but I go to a lot of shows and, and it's not just a scout. You know what I'm saying? Uh, saying it's it's really you know more just to you're see. A fan. I I am a fan, and I like seeing how different audiences react to different things, especially if it's like the same guy works at let's say that the same guy wrestles in three or four different places. I like right. seeing how the crowds will react to that same person differently in each place. Um, and of course, scouting is a huge part of it. But you know, a lot of these guys that. <laughs> will be voting for the Georgia Wrestling History Awards, go to way less wrestling shows than I go to. So, you know, that's kind of the sad part about that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I I haven't been to the, you know, since I work all the time and stuff like that down here in Augusta, I haven't, you know, been privileged to go to Southern Honor or, uh, you know, Mucha Lucha or one of those. But uh, hopefully, we, when I get some time, man, we, we definitely got to check those out, and and hopefully we will. Uh, one thing we will be checking out though is VPW Trick or Trauma. That'll be o- October twelfth, Saturday, in Thompson, Georgia, at the Sweetwater Gymnasium. VPW returns to Thompson, Georgia. Visit vpw.ticketbud.com for all of your ticket information. Uh, You can reserve them online and find out about the season passes uh, for the 2020 uh, season of VPW. Uh, Check all that out and everything. And, of course, if you want to watch VPW, you can find it three places. You can find it on SOS Custom Wrestling Network. You can see events in their entirety past present and uh whenever future events are posted up on there visit sos custom wrestling network for more info on that and then of course check myself out as i host toxic the best of viral pro wrestling uh every sunday morning at 1 a.m on fox 54 uh i host the best of and we do a match sometimes two matches uh every night and uh so cool thing if you're not local you actually um we are in the process of uploading that entire library to our youtube channel so you'll be able to see all those online as well yes i i was i was gonna say uh that that we do have them up on youtube we don't have all of them but uh there's a good many episodes up there on youtube so you can check it out there uh, and everything, and just make sure you are there for trick or for trick or trauma, uh, viral pro wrestling, Thompson, Georgia, October twelfth. It's going to be amazing. But we will be right back after these messages from TMB Studios, and we're going to talk about our main event from ROH Unified, the ROH World Title. Nigel McGinnis and Brian Danielson. It's on the other side. Come on back with us. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network, SWN. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that. 
by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in each and every Thursday night for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite each and every Thursday night exclusively on TMB Studios. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. All right. We are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, and it is time for the, for the main, main event, event of the, of the evening. evening. I'm not Brett Wolverton. I can't hold that shit. <laughs> I, I am the main you. event. I've been here all damn night. Well, well, no, no, not not that one. Uh, it's 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 this main event that we're going to cover uh, right now. It's it's a brand new thing that I'm adding here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Normally, I would have. Uh, Chris Dickens with me to, uh, you know, usher in such an occasion, but he unfortunately is not with us. Uh, James Kitchens, of course, is here, and we're going to be talking. Much improved. Much improved. It, well, many would say that. Let, let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be fair. Let's be fair. I think at this point we can start to make it a hashtag Dickens Fears Kitchens. <laughs> right, because the last two times I've been on the program, he skedaddles. I know, right? It, 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 something always comes up. It, oh yeah, conveniently something always comes up. And you know, he did. And aren't say, y'all supposed to have a wrestling match? Like, still? Uh, so here's the thing: we 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 have like had like a ten year rivalry, right? And and then. But there was never a match. It was, as a matter of fact, we actually had like a segment on a on our show where we'd beat the snot out of each other. It was supposed to lead up to a match, uh-huh. and that same night, I ended up getting my ear halfway ripped off during my actual match. <laughs> oh shit! You had a big um, foley happen to you. Yeah, yeah, I had to get my ear glued back on. So. Um, I, I literally was out for like months after that. And so we never had the match and it's never going to happen now because my last match was, I I lost to, um, Antron Brewer. Right. And I'm not giving that up to come back to face Chris Dickens. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. Right. Number Uh, for two reasons. Number one, I'm not in any kind of shape for that. And number two, I can just talk trash about him on his own program. Well, this is very true. And three, he's not in any shape either to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've had Cracker Barrel mac and cheese. I know it's delicious. I know he's been eating it. I, you know, it, it's not, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to get thrown off the network now because of this. Never mind. Anyway. They called me the volatile one for a reason. You guys had me on the program. Yeah. <laughs> this is very true. But no, let's let let's talk about though two guys that can go in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. you on, you set it up so perfect. So I had hey, on their worst day, both of these guys are better than either one of us. We're talking about Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. Yes, and this matchup took place 
from Ring of Honor Unified. It took place in London, England, at Nigel McGuinness's hometown of London, England. And this, uh, and and the story going into this matchup. Let's set it up for everyone. Is uh, these two had met on two previ- previous occasions. Uh, one being for the uh, the ROH Pure Championship, and one being for the ROH World Championship. Uh, and one time, Brian Danielson defeated Nigel McGuinness with a small package when he went under the ring and defeated uh, and and rolled up Nigel McGuinness. It came out the other side, basically, and uh, and and rolled up Nigel McGuinness and beat him that way. And then the second time was a count out between both men. Um, and both of those matches uh, are awesome. Uh, but then we go to this matchup, which is the rubber matchup of the series at this point. And it is for the ROH. Uh, it's actually just called the ROH title at this point. And then you had the ROH Peer Championship. And they're going to unify the belts. So one man is going to leave. Uh, both the ROH uh, champion and the ROH pure champion, and it and it eventually became the ROH World Championship. But this was a unification uh, matchup. And remember when I said right, right, we were talking about earlier um, about how you know. I miss those like those anticipation type matches, those those big fight feel matches, those you know that kind of stuff. Those simple yet they work every time type stories. Well, this right. I think couldn't be a more prime example um, because you have two of who were they were. Two, both of these guys were legit considered the best wrestlers in the world at the time. They were the two best, like, in-ring performers. But, you know, might not have been mic-wise or anything like that, but just as far as in-ring work and, and the quality of matches these two could deliver, uh, these guys were the top of the food chain. And so they put them two together, and what we got in my opinion, was nothing short of magic. This, I mean, this match definitely had a huge big fight feel. Yes. And I, I loved at the beginning when the announcers going over the rules to the match. I love the, the way. And so from what I understand, and I am not a avid ROH watcher by any means, yes. but from what I understand, the, the championships, uh, this match was, um, this match was uh, fought under pure title rules, right? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. um, so that being the case, uh, I really loved how they went over that, and I love how the match dictated that someone was going to walk out with both titles. Because in so many of these title unification-type matches, especially with the big ones, they're always looking for a way to make the guys look even or to weasel their way out of it, right? Because a promotion always will go, oh, we're going to have this champion versus this champion. That sounds great. But then you have to sit down and go, well, okay, well, these guys are both champions. Well, we can't have anybody look like shit. 
you know, we've got to do this or we've got to do that. And I love that in this match, they made it so clear. Look, if there's a double disqualification, uh, if there's a double count out, anything like that, the match will immediately be restarted. Someone is walking out with both of these titles. Right. Right. And, and, and I was going to say, um, yes, that is, it, uh, cause you know, I am an, uh, I'm an avid supporter of ring of honor. Uh, and yes. I, and I really hope that I really hope that, that they can get bigger, uh, in, in all of this, um, you know, major stuff happening in wrestling, but that's for a different time. But, um, Yes, at this point. So with the ROH Pure title, uh, that they, they came up with this thing of of yes, it's it's under pure rules. You have three rope breaks, so meaning you can't put your so like if after you use your up your rope breaks, if you use three rope breaks and the referee is counting the pin and you put your leg on it, if you've already used uh, three rope breaks. Uh, that's null and void. It does not break up the pin. Um, so that's a little interesting twist. Um, you can't use a closed fist. Uh, right. You can only use open hands, uh, which you very much saw when, when they were just slapping each other back and forth, which was the greatest thing I've ever seen, to be quite honest. Um, you know, before we go over this matchup, I got to say, man, this, and, and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of matches. I, I have my favorite live matches, obviously, because when you see something live, you get such a different feel of, of everything. But as far as watching a matchup from front to back, this might be one of my favorite matches of all time. Like, it might be one of the best wrestling contests in wrestling history. Not, it's definitely the best in ROH, but it might be up there with like Flair and Steamboat, or you know, Flair and almost anybody really, to be quite honest. But you know, the, the, those matches that everyone talks about, I think this is up there, just from from what you've seen. There are definitely okay, so. You know, I know you're more of a Ring of Honor kind of purist. Um, for me, I love the big match feel of this. I didn't love all of it, right? But do you really ever love all of any match? Um, I was definitely impressed with it. And, and let me tell you, with all the live shows that I go to, it's very hard now for me to watch wrestling on a screen. It just right. is. Um, I love that feeling of the crowd around you where you can oh, feel absolutely. their response. So I'll tell you that I watched this match today and I was entertained by it start to finish. Um, there were, t there were parts I didn't like. Um, for example, I thought the ring post spot was cheesy, right? Where, where um, it looked like um, McGinnis busted himself open the hard way um, on the ring post when they're, when he's trying to pull Danielson into the ring post yeah. and Danielson blocks it. And and he does those three back to back. You know, I thought that part looked a little hokey, um, but but I'm nitpicking at this point. I mean, overall, this match was amazing, and they started out at a slow pace. You know, kind of uh, demonstrating their you know technical wrestling skills, which both men have a lot of. Oh and then God, do they ever slowly escalating it into just this beatdown. 
and and, and you know uh, the, they had some high flying spots where uh, Danielson dove out into the chairs. Uh, right. That was incredible. And then I have to say that I absolutely loved the finish. Yes, and I, I, I was I was going to talk about that uh, in, in just a few uh, minutes and everything like that. But the one thing before we get into that, the one thing that I loved about this matchup that is my problem with a lot of matches is these guys didn't look like they were dancing with each other. These guys, these guys legit looked like they were trying to, to win the ROH world title. They were like, no, no, I want to be that guy. And And I think that's that's what I feel is like missing a lot with a lot of, you know, the main product in and of itself. Right. And I think that's why that ring post spot that I pointed out, I think that's why it stood out so much to me because so much of the rest of the match looked so legitimate that it did make it stick out. Um, One other thing I want to point out real quick, another nitpick. Why in the hell is the referee in this match like seven feet tall? <laughs> the guy like towered over both of them. I know that's another nitpick, right? The guy's a referee, but it was just funny to me. You're, you're in this big, you know, huge high stakes matchup, and you got the referees like seven feet tall, and he's like lumbering over everyone. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I and and I actually didn't notice that for some reason. Like I, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't notice that kind of stuff. But Go back and watch a little bit of it, and you won't I'll be able to, to not look at it. I, I found myself looking at the referee the whole damn time I was watching it, just because I like <laughs> stuff like that just sticks in my head, and I can't get rid of it. Right, right, and and and, and I can see that. Uh, but man, you talk about the ending though to this matchup. That may be one of the greatest endings I've ever seen to a matchup. Oh, it's it, so good. It, and it's not necessarily, you know, the, the way that the ending is booked or anything. It's the way that it was played out. Like, I thought the thing that the things, you, you know, I've heard this. I've heard it from AJ Styles and I've heard it from Shawn Michaels, uh, which is it's the little things that can make something yes. stand out. And the little things in this one, right, is when. I go back. This 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 is the moment for me that makes this one of the greatest endings for me personally is when he's hammering him, right? And you hear the announcers. They're like, Nigel's out. Nigel's out. The referee comes over into it, and he's literally just like, it's over, Brian. It's over. It's over. Stop. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. That just made this moment more incredible. Yes, absolutely. Just like, 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 like you, like to me, Hollywood couldn't script the scene like better than these guys did. And to me, and again, this is another reason I just like this match so much was, you know, other than probably that ring post spot, I legit thought that like, hey, these guys aren't dancing with each other. These guys are fighting. Right. And they kept it looking intense like that the entire time. I mean, yes. even even when they did the, the spot up on the ring post um, where Danielson had McGinnis in, I believe it was a, a rear naked choke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that that spot, I mean, even 
So anytime you're doing this thing where you're both up on the top rope for an extended period of time, it starts to look like a dance or yep. we planned out this elaborate segment. It didn't look like that. It literally looked like McGinnis was like, get this guy the fuck off of me right now. <laughs> and that he would do anything to get him off of him. And like, yep. that's just, you can't, you can't just conjure that out of nowhere. Yes. And, and you know, so here's, here's one thing that um, I noticed, right? I loved it towards the end that it didn't necessarily look so pretty. Like everyone right. thinks that you have to like, I've, I've seen that, especially with, you know, the, the wrestling observer when, when, when they, you know, rate matches and stuff like that, that they'll be like, these guys didn't look very crisp or something like that. Well, let's think about this. If you're in a fight which, you know, again, regardless of what you think wrestling is or isn't, it's still a fight. You know, we're, 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 it's a competition. So in, in a competition, does everything really look that pretty? Right. It's like if, if, if we're trying to show that, like, oh, at this point of the matchup, like, you could tell the guys, they were like, they're like, we're exhausted. We've literally beat the shit out of each other. Nigel's bleeding like a stuffed pig. You know, it's it's like I don't expect him to throw a perfect clothesline at that point. It's like, yeah, you know, I've I've got you know this much energy and stuff like 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 that's the story that we're trying to tell. And I thought that these guys they did it so perfect there at the end, especially even with like what many said was the messed up clothesline. I was like, I was like, I didn't think that clothesline looked messed up. I thought it worked with the story. Right, yeah, it absolutely did, and and they they called an audible, right? They -hmm. called a fantastic audible. Exactly, and I think, and to me, it, I think that these guys mostly called that out in the ring. Whereas you know, you you see so many people, and I'm not necessarily saying that it's a bad thing that you go over your matchup, you know, entirely in the back, but you don't know how a crowd's going to react that night. And you also don't know what all everyone else is going to do in their match. So it's like, say you plan like this big, huge spot, right? Where, where you, you go to the outside or, and you dive over the rope and you try to get this big pop, but Oh, Hey, in the uh, previous matches, we've seen that now twice tonight. So what makes yours different? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, I, I, you know, I didn't see that entire ROH show, but I can guarantee you that there wasn't another match on the card like this one. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I can guarantee you that there were some good matches though. Like uh, they, they did have uh, one that I just got to mention right off the top of my head, which was uh, Roderick Strong and Austin Aries versus the Briscoes. That was probably fantastic. Uh, oh, and this was, was 2006 era, so I'm guessing Joe would have been around as well. Uh, no, he was not involved in this show. Uh, oh. he, he, he came in like periodically, but he was um, pretty much full-time uh, impact at this point. Okay. Or TNA, rather. Okay, makes sense. Or almost, uh, yeah, almost around that time. Because that was about around the time that TNA started getting bigger and then they put, you know, exclusive contracts and everything right. uh, like that. 
But no, the, the, this matchup though, this is one of the, it's definitely my all time. Uh, it, it's it's the matchup of when I you know tell people about ROH. I'm like, this is why I want ROH to survive. Is because we get matches like this a lot of the times. And right, I, I, I've always said that ROH is like the little engine that could. Yeah, or is the true little engine that could? I guess. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the thing is, uh, you know, there's. You look at it, like I'm not a huge fan of the ROH style typically. Um, because I like a little more flair in my wrestling than ROH typically has, right? But this match, even not knowing any of the details about it, uh, it was it still felt like a huge fight. You could feel that in the match. You could feel that in the in the you know from the crowd, and, and that's not easy to pull off right off the rip. So for it to have that big match feel and deliver, mm-hmm. I mean, it felt a lot like the. Um, uh, the Zane and Nakamura uh, match. Oh God, yes. From Takeover, uh, yeah. that before they were both ruined entirely. Um, <laughs> you know, that's right. a lot what it felt like to me. And then that finish just was the icing on the cake because I I absolutely love that finish. It's the it's the modern day equivalent of the Steve Austin, um, you know, being in the sharpshooter and uh, passing out. Yeah, I no, I, I agree completely. And um and you know, this rivalry between these two was so good that ROH has a whole DVD. It's called Danielson versus McGinnis. And it's literally all of it, it it's just these guys wrestling and every single one of their matches, man, is just like you you see why you know, these guys are truly like some of the best of all time and like put, you know, these two are, these two guys, obviously Samoa Joe, CM Punk, AJ Styles, you see why all of them are credited for like putting, you know, independent wrestling on the map. Absolutely. And uh, this matchup definitely helped uh, Ring of Honor because uh, it was awarded the coveted uh, five-star rating from Dave Meltzer. I know to some that might not mean much or to some that might mean, you know, everything. But regardless, uh, he doesn't rate uh, U.S. matches that high a lot of the times, uh, especially around this time. In 2006, he definitely he didn't even, you know, really touch uh, American pro wrestling like that. But uh, he he saw this matchup and he rated it five stars, so it's so it's it it ranks right up there, um, and uh, I, I I agree with the rating. I, I I think it got all of what it deserves. Obviously, I you know the ring post spot maybe could have done without, but hell man, just a great great matchup overall. Uh, final thoughts on it. You know, I, I don't know if I – so here's the thing. I don't know if I give it the five-star. I don't know if my five-star and Meltzer's five-star are the same thing. Right. Um, but I, I definitely, definitely – you know, so around – it's important to, to mention this match was in 2006. So at that point in time, 
were how many matches were going on of this caliber because you got to remember this is back in a time when WWE wasn't even thinking about putting these kind of indie guys out there nope so yeah you got to think about and there was no NXT um you know this was in the this was firmly in the era of Cena when they had first turned him face and put the belt on him Mm-hmm. So thinking about that and thinking about this, if I had watched this match at the time, would I have given it five stars? Very, very likely. The only match that probably could have competed with it from that time frame was probably the AJ Daniels Joe Triple Threat from Impact. Oh, absolutely. And I can't think of another match that from that time frame that could have competed with that one. So well around I I mean then again around that time frame you had Joe and Punk uh which actually happened before that but um that was around that time frame was when CM Punk and Joe happened uh and right. that really put ROH on the map but I believe two of those matches got five star ratings um from Dave Meltzer did um, Punk and Joe so You know I am a huge Samoa Joe Mark all day long Yes Yes, I I I know all about. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I I was privileged to stand across the ring from Christopher Daniels a few weeks ago. Uh, that was incredible, and I'm pretty sure the only way I could top that would be if you know to stand across the ring from Samoa Joe. I don't even think I want to do that though, because he's kind of a scary human being. So <laughs> he, you know, he is. I mean, just look at him. He's a very intense guy. But, you know, he's under WWE contract, and I very much hope that he stays that way as much as I would love to see him in a place like AEW. Um, you know, I, he he busts his ass on the indies for a long time, and so I hope WWE is compensating him very well. Uh, well, I, I mean, I mean, they must be. Uh, he's injured, though, right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's still making that money, though. Well, I mean, I mean that's very true, but but I was just saying, like, I haven't seen him on television for a while, and and um, I'm assuming uh, that's because he's injured. Um, I don't follow the main product as as you know closely as I once did um, because I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm one of those guys that like I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing, you know, the same crap from WWE that it's like I I need there to be something new as a wrestling fan. So, I'm one of those that hopes that people will like, you know, gravitate towards I guess AEW or, or now, you know, or I I believe that 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 there should be people working for other promotions. You, you know what I'm saying? I would definitely love to see him in AEW too because WWE has started doing this thing with him, and this is one of the few times that you'll ever hear me agree with, oh my god, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to start anything by saying this. This is one oh, of the Lord. first times that you'll ever hear me agree with something that Vince Russo says. Oh, Lord. And and don't, don't, it's don't. It's a swerve, don't, bro. Don't, 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 don't. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we're not fucking going there, and I can't do as good of a cornet as Dickens. But uh, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know the 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 two of them, uh, you know, like 
me and me and uh, Russo probably never agreed on anything ever. But he mm-hmm. he said this about Joe and the way that they used him to an extent in the later days of Impact, uh, and the way that they used him in WWE uh, to this day. And it's you take his credibility away because you go out there and you have him cut the sick Samoa Joe promo that's so amazing every time, and he puts all this intensity into it. And he says, "You know, you come down to the ring, and I'm gonna break you into a million pieces. I'm gonna twist you into a pretzel. You're gonna wish that." You know, you never lived. Your wife is going to want to come home with me, blah, 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 blah. And then he loses. Yeah. And they do that over and over again. And finally, you just stop believing him because he's obviously full of shit. Yeah. What I never understood, and I, 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 I never understand this for as long as I live with TNA was why the hell they didn't give him the Goldberg type of run with the title in TNA. And they, they should have. He should have been their monster. Yeah, he, he really should have. But when you have your monster, your supposed monster, go up against an outsider coming from WWE, Kurt Angle, uh, and he beats you on in his first matchup, that doesn't look good. What they should have done was is they should have had that matchup, but then Joe should have either tapped out or pinned Angle. I prefer tap out. Tap him out, and then Angle come on impact the next week and say, wow, I thought I was going to be able to run rough shot over TNA. Turns out I couldn't do that. Turns out their talent is far superior or something like that. You know, yeah. they could have bullshit like that. Yep. And that probably would have, that would have added a lot of credibility to TNA's talent. I agree. But that's but, not the choice they made. No, that's very not the choice that they made. The choice that they made was to have him tap out the angle and then have it three more times and then have it, you know, I lost count. <laughs> right. Like, uh, and, and, and trust, and, here was the thing. Those were great matches. I mean, I mean th- those were incredible matches between the two. It's just, you know, when, you, when you've lost that luster that, 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 that they had when he came in, you know, that's, hey, that's impact for you, though. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was your main event, was Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGinnis. Check it out. ROH, Ring of Honor, uh, Unified, and it's from 2006. Uh, you can find it probably on YouTube, or you can find it on ROH.com, and you can become an Honor Club member, or you can find it on the Greatest Rivalries DVD. It features Danielson versus McGinnis, and will where you will not only get, uh, I should say, where you will not only get uh, that matchup, but you will also get um, seven other matches between these two. Um, it's 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 an incredible DVD, and it was an incredible rivalry. It, it has been labeled one of the best pure wrestling rivalries uh, in ROH history. So check it out: Danielson versus McGinnis. And uh, that is all the time we have for you. Here tonight, I want to thank 
uh, my guest here tonight, James Caleb Kitchens, uh, for coming by and uh, for doing this show with me. I know that uh, we've had him on here before, and it's always a blast. It's always controversy, too, when, when you come on this show. I wonder why that is. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, you know, maybe I bring it with me. Maybe it follows me around. Maybe it's a combination of the two. But I am always glad to come on the program uh, I am sure that at some point in the future, something will pop off and I'll be right back here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll, and maybe uh, Dickens will show up. Ooh. Maybe next time I'm on the out. program, maybe you're just going to have to, to not tell them until like five minutes before, you know, and then like I just pop in because otherwise he's not going to show up. Yeah. Just, just have, just, just do a run in on him. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just do a run in. That 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 would be great. We'll we'll have to see. But I do know next week Chris will be back. That has been confirmed. He will be back. And uh, I believe we're gonna have another uh guest host and everything like that. We're still trying to work the details out on that. Uh well not a guest host, but we'll have a guest of sorts uh on the program or whatnot. But Chris will be here. Uh, but for now, that is all the time we have for you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. And don't forget that you can follow me on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Radio, and now iHeartRadio. That's right. You can listen to this show on the big four. iTunes, Google Play Radio, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And... James Caleb Kitchens has it. You need to get it, too. You need to head over to tmbstudiosshop.com, and you need to grab a Stovall Wrestling Network t-shirt. You need to represent the show in style. You can do all of that on the new TMB Studios shop. James, you got your shirt. You like it? Yeah, I like it. I posted I was wearing it yesterday. Yeah, I saw that, too, so... Uh, if, if, if you want to get what James is wearing, check it out at TMB Studios Shop. And uh, you can find all of your Stovall uh, Wrestling Network merchandise there. And there's going to be more coming, so stay tuned on that. And also, don't forget to check out all of the other good shows here on TMB Studios, such as Chatter City, The Shootout with Bill Blanchard, and, of course, the Chris Dickens Experience uh, and 90s nostalgia and uh that is it though for the time uh for or i'm sorry that is all the time i have for you this week it might as well be because i'm getting all jumbled up so without further ado he is james caleb kitchens my name is caleb stovall peace out everybody it is the stovall wrestling network here on tmb studios see you next week